Hertfordshire MP and Senior Conservative Peter Lilly has criticised the decision to expand London Luton Airport without a public inquiry. The MP for Hitchin and Harpenden says he tried to persuade Secretary of State Eric Pickles to call in the application and has described the conditions laid down on aircraft noise as very watered down. Firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action in beds, hearts and bucks today in a row with the government over pensions. The latest walkout is spread over three days. Buckinghamshire Fire Brigade's union says crews in the county won't be partially paid for the remainder of their shifts, extending the time where fire cover will be reduced. More from Ewan Duncan. The latest firefighters' strike is due to begin at midday and last for five hours. Further actions planned between 2pm on Saturday and 2am on Sunday and from 10am until 3pm on Sunday. The FBU in Bucks says it's the only county in England and Wales where fire crews won't be partially paid for the time they're available for work. It claims people will be at risk for longer periods but says its members have agreed to be recalled to duty throughout the weekend if there's a major incident. Plans drawn up by the Conservative Justice Secretary Chris Grayling to toughen laws against knife crime have triggered a new rift in the coalition. Mr Grayling wants to impose minimum jail terms for offenders with a second conviction. Liberal Democrats oppose the move. Firefighters had to release an injured man after a two-car collision in Milton Keynes last night. They were called to Brickhill Street at Monkston just after 8.45. More than 300,000 adults from across the UK are being asked to take part in the world's biggest study into dementia. The aim is to try to predict what factors may increase the risk of developing the disease. In sport, Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth says he firmly believes they can avoid relegation to the conference. On the final day of the season tomorrow, Ainsworth's side must win at Torquay and hope Northampton or Bristol Rovers lose. The weather, any early rain, will soon die out, leaving a dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at BBC bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio's big tour of beds hearts and bucks good local shopping i would say it's a real uh, treasure it's all about where you live there's nice people there's nice shopping area and all this week we're featuring houghton regis we both play bowls at the bowls club which is nice social side we're in bedford square the heart of houghton regis the big tour of beds hearts and bucks bbc three counties radio Morning, it's Friday. It's Friday. That's all that matters, really, isn't it? It's Friday. Across beds, hearts, and butts. Friday. This is BBC Soul that is a. It's all that matters, really, isn't it, guys? It's yeah. Friday. Yeah. I just did a fist pump. Did a what? You know when you punch the air? Oh, a fist pump, OK. So you don't I'd see s- many of those nowadays. N- you, you don't. I, I heard something completely different. Well, good for you, Kelly. Thank you. If I had um, a hat and a gun, I would toss mm-hmm. my hat up into the air and shoot it like a, like a cowboy. <laughs> Freeze frame, end of movie. Oh. That's what I'd it be has doing. to end there, because when it comes down, you're going to be rather sheepish. I'm going to be, oh, I've got holes in my hat. Or worse, I've got no holes in my hat. I'm a terrible shot. <laughs> Those are the worst things that can happen. They're not. I've got this. Is, I've got to. I've got to get this out because this is going to bug me. Okay, share okay. it with the group. Share it with the group. I have got no phone signal, mm-hmm. right? And my fear is, it's a complicated story. Uh, just, uh, just give me the next hour or so. Basically, I've ordered a new SIM card because my current SIM card, when I send texts to some people, my old phone number comes up. Can yeah. I stop you there? Please. Well, you need to talk to my colleague, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Can I uh, get you to call back at nine o'clock, please? No, no, I'm, I'm talking to you guys. Oh, all right. So um, the, the phone company uh, said, we'll send you 
Um, don't ring it because there's no signal. I've got no signal. Yeah. You've got no signal. You've got no signal. The phone company said, we'll send you a new SIM card. That will sort the problem out, OK? Now, they said this on Wednesday night. They said you'll have it tomorrow morning. Oh! Huh? What? Uh, now, I need someone who knows. It, have they deactivated my current SIM without before I've got the new one? Is, uh, uh, yeah, no, th- yeah, you've got no service. I know I've got no service. Uh, sorry? Hmm? Does it not let you leave a message, even? I'll do it again. Let's have a look. Oh, this is uh, really... Can they can they deactivate my sim? The number isn't recognised. Oh no! I can call the operator. Which number are you? What? Well, give me the last three numbers that you're dialing. Um, it's the six zero four. That that number's that's the old number. All right, hang on. Oh, hang on. Because is it supposed to end five one one? Yes. Oh, let's have a listen to that. Okay. Right, I've got... OK, so I'm, I'm in. You're in, yeah. I need someone who knows. I'm going to ask yeah. two questions, and don't worry, I'm not going to give away the name of the, the, the phone network I'm on. That would be inappropriate. First question is, can a phone network um, uh, deactivate a SIM from, a, from afar without, before they sent you a new one? Oh, and also, yeah, secondly... Just leaving you a message to see if you're all right. I haven't got a phone um, signal, Kelly. There's no point in leaving me a message. You're... You haven't got phone signal, no point in leaving your message. But, you know, it's always nice to hear, oh. hear, an, hear a friendly voice at a time. And secondly, um, is there anybody else on the EE network who's struggling to get a phone signal? Oh. Oh, hang on. No. Oh. Those two things aren't connected. Okay. Just oh. left a message, mate. Oh, why did you do that, you muppet?
Travelling with Transport. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the country's third largest care home operator, which runs a facility in Luton, is considering installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 is consulting people living in all its homes, including Milliner House in Marsh Road, following an investigation on this week's BBC Panorama. The firm owns one of the care homes where residents were shown being abused, neglected and even slapped and wants to offer greater reassurance and protection. The suggestion is they be offering cameras on an opt-in basis. Well, I'm joined now by Emma Carr, Deputy Director of Big Brother Watch. Morning, Emma. Good morning. What do you think about this? I think it's really premature to be talking about installing CCTV cameras. I think we've seen several programmes over the last year or so showing really evil systematic abuse taking place in care homes and that isn't because there wasn't a cctv camera there that's because of poor recruiting poor training and poor supervisation so i think if you get those right and then add extra levels of security for people who want to whistleblow i think that's a really good first step to trying to tackle this systematic abuse and unfortunately these people who have done these things to the elderly and, and to the disabled were they are evil and you know putting a cctv camera there isn't necessarily going to stop that because you know they can be turned off footage can go missing so i think i think we need to take first steps before we start putting surveillance techniques within people's homes it's not systematic abuse though is it, it it's it's the odd rogue carer well, I think I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, obviously, each care home has has its differences. But in some of the uh, examples we've seen, it has been uh, several carers and their supervisors within the care home knowing about what's going on and either not knowing what to do about it, not knowing who to tell, or being concerned about their job if they do go and whistleblow, or or that there was just a systematic abuse within the care home. So I think it's up to the care home provider to know exactly who it is they're employing, mm. uh, knowing that they're fully qualified and, and, and supervising those people properly. I think then if people feel comfortable enough and secure enough in their job to then turn to their, uh, their supervisor or the care home provider or potentially the Care Quality Commission uh, as an independent kind of uh, moderator and say, there's something very wrong going on in my care home and I, and I want to complain. And those, but, are, those are excellent first steps. But Emma, if it's one or two odd people in the care home, which is what it seems to be, uh, and they keep it secret from everyone else, and they are bullying or slapping or uh, uh, abusing people uh, uh, with dementia, for example, who, who may not be able to communicate what's going on, we've got no way of stopping that or catching that, have we, unless we capture them on film. 
Well, I think I think it depends. It's obviously a case by case scenario, and I think that first of all, installing CCTV in all care homes just in case isn't a good enough reason to put CCTV in there. There has to be some kind of incident or some kind of complaint, and then an investigation to can take place. Well, there's there's I been an incident with this thought. company, hasn't there? So this comp- this is why this company are saying this because they have been caught out having uh, uh, two. Uh, no, I think it's seven, isn't it? Seven abusive staff. Well, I can certainly understand why they'd want to put CCTV in because it's it's one of those things that we've seen so many times before in many different instances where it looks like you're doing something without actually tackling the problem. This is a personal problem, not a surveillance problem. If you've got the incorrect people looking after the elderly and the disabled, then they're going to do anything they can to get around CCTV. And when they're talking about the staff knowing the CCTV is there, so they're not. That's not going to change necessarily their behaviour. But that might stop them if they if they know it's there. If they know that there are cameras that are filming and monitoring what they're doing, then they would be less likely to do it, wouldn't they? Well, it depends on the incident. I think it depends on the person. I mean, we've seen with CCTV in terms of antisocial behaviour and general crime, it doesn't necessarily change people's behaviour. It just moves it to different areas where there isn't CCTV. And um, so I think, as I've said, I think it's all about changing the culture within care home, getting the best people in there to look after the elderly and the disabled, getting the best training, and, and, and making sure there's measures when people can report when there is wrongdoing going on. The fact that it's an opt-in, so the residents would have to opt-in, they'd have to say, Yes, I would like a, a camera in my room, please. Does that make a difference, in your opinion? Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is at the end of the day, people's homes. They have absolutely uh, no choice in many cases whether they live there or not. And I think it's absolutely right that they are consulted, that um, it's not put in there, especially in their bedrooms, without their full consent. And obviously, if they can't give that, then the, the family has to be involved. I don't think this is a, uh, a decision just for the care home provider. And I think that has to be done on an individual basis. And when there's, you know, there is suspicion and there is a complaint, not just because they need to be seen to be Mm. doing something because they've been caught out. Emma, thanks for joining me at this ridiculous time of the morning. (laughs) That's okay. It's appreciated. Thank you very much indeed. Emma Carr, Deputy Director of Big Brother Watch. Over to you. We've talked about this before, haven't we? Uh, the cameras in care homes, in your nan's, your wife's, your uh, husband's, room your son's room some cases what what, what do you think oh eight four five nine four double five five double five would you like to see uh, surveillance cameras in care homes and in people's private rooms travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio Good morning. It's a quiet start on the major routes so far. The M1 flowing freely without any problems and the same goes for the A1M. Got some roadworks to watch out for at the Great Amwell roundabout. The A10 has a lane closed and also in High Wycombe on the Marlow Hill just by the Leisure Centre before you reach the Handycross roundabout. We've got some temporary traffic lights at the moment. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, yeah you are. 6.16, it's Friday the 2nd of May, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama investigation. The Sinn Féin president, Gerry Adams, has spent a second night under arrest as police continue to investigate the murder of Jean McConville in 1972. And firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
let's quickly go to Wilfred in Whipsnade. Morning, Wilfred. Morning. Not today, Geoffrey. On Monday, Milton Keynes Marathon takes over BBC Three Counties Radio. I really want to do it because the crowd's just amazing. From 9am, we'll bring you every runner from start to finish. This is beyond anybody's expectations. And I said, one day I will do this. And this is that day. We'll be live around the route and welcoming all the finishers into Stadium MK. I feel really proud of him whenever I see him go past. It's like, oh, that's my dad. Plus, we want your pictures. Upload them to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bbc3cr, and tag yourself. Just a really exciting day, all having fun, all the families down here. The Milton Keynes Marathon starts Monday morning from 9. Here on BBC Three Counties Radio. What a great idea. A shoe built on blocks. I'll call them... Blocker boots. We'll sell a million. Going to. I'm, I'm going to. I'm slightly confused. I thought the, the Milton Keynes Marathon was happening on Bank Holiday Monday. Isn't it happening on Sunday? When is huh? it? When is the? When is it happening, Catherine? Um. Um. It's Bank Holiday Monday, right? Yeah. According to that trail, yeah. right? Hang on. Let's check this. I could just play the track. Well, fifth of May. That's, I maybe just play it again. When's the fifth of May? That's the bank holiday. That's bank. That's Monday. Oh. Which it turns out is bank holiday Monday. Oh. Which it turns out I didn't know, because I'm working. Yeah, me too. Cass. Uh. Oh, you're not, what? are you? Why didn't you tell us? Why did she get a day off? Why did you? Why did she get a day off? No. Ask her. I'm having a day off. What? I thought we were all having the day off. I didn't know it was a bank holiday. You said to me, bank holiday, are you going to work? And yeah, I but said, I didn't know... Well, my... but I can. And you went, oh, no, let's both, let's both take it off. You tricked me so you could be alone with Kelly. I didn't know that... Well, that's, that's a nice little advantage. Cheeky, <laughs> cheeky chops. Uh, I didn't know... Did you know Monday was a bank holiday, Just? Morning, Princess. Uh, yes, what? I did know it was a bank holiday. Are you having it off on Monday? I'm definitely having it off, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Are you gonna ha- you, so you're having it off on Monday, Catherine. Yeah, definitely. Justin's having it off on Monday. And Kelly and I, well... well we are, but in a different we're, sense. We're getting it on. We're getting it on. <laughs> no one... No one... Where's... where's I, I hate boss. Where's boss? I want to talk to boss. I bet she's having it off on Monday. <laughs> you, you've just <laughs> lost your job. <laughs> I, I hate... Just, I hate boss. No one told me Monday was a bank holiday. Well, well, not to worry. I'll be I have to, a good day. I have to apply for my time off uh, yeah. six weeks in advance. Luckily... Anybody got a violin? Luckily, this is the last bank holiday of the year. Is that right? It's not. No. What? No, August. And there's one in... There's a couple more in May. What? Yeah. There's another bank holiday in May? It's that time of year. Bank holiday time. <laughs> Fudge sticks! <laughs> 
But hey, our bank holiday Monday show is going to be amazing. So we're in on Monday. Yeah. Um, uh, I have done bank holiday shows in the past when I've been tricked by boss. Um, basically, there's there's a new needle on the record player. I'm, I'm going to bring in some. Uh, I'm going to bring in some vinyl. I'm going to slap my seven inches yep. on here. Deep cuts. Well, unfortunately, yes. Mm. And um, I'm going to be um, Kelly. You can come and you can come and. Um, uh, I can't think of any more innuendos that can combine a record with a with a penis, but you know. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. Yes. That's what you've been doing? I'm not coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's really disappointing. It's a bank holiday on Monday. Thanks, guys. Thank. I hate boss. I love boss. I love boss. I love her too. Justin, what do you want? Uh, I'm live this morning in Houghton Regis, at the home of our uh, big tour. Um, this week we have heard nothing but so negative stories about Houghton Regis, correct? We've had some very negative stories, yes. negatory. I- I'm standing right now in what people have described as a, a no-go area. Oh. I'm just outside the uh, the square in the Morrison's car park. I'm here in the radio car with our right. 30-foot aerial. Uh, the message That'll is be clear. gone. <laughs> the message is clear this morning. If you have something positive to say or something that makes you happy, about Houghton Regis. Come and see me. We're going to be reporting live at 6.50 and 7.50. So far, the feedback hasn't been great. The only thing so far, which apparently is good, is the fact they sell alcohol early here in the morning. Kat's Um, come up with a snappy title, Josh. Should we have a listen? Yeah. Happy Houghton. We're looking for Happy Houghton. Yeah. Where is it? Not here so far. But, come on. In the interests of, of, of fairness, come and see me this morning. Tell us exactly where you are, Just. 6.50 and 7.50, we're going to be live. I'm just outside the square. Good morning to you, madam. What makes you happy? Me? Thank you. Uh, so, uh, in the Morrison's car park this morning, come and tell us what yep. makes you happy about where you live, if you live in Houghton Regis. Do it for your community. Excellent stuff, Justin. Speak Thank to you, you later. Take care. Good luck. Just keep an eye on Justin as well. Make sure he's not skiving off when he's there. You know what he's like.
Workers begin a fresh wave of strikes this afternoon as their row over pensions rumbles on. They'll walk out for five hours today, 12 hours tomorrow and five hours on Sunday. We can talk now to Keith Williams, who chairs the Fire Brigade's Union Buckinghamshire branch. Morning, Keith. Oh, sorry, Keith, you're, you're there. I had my fat fingers open the wrong fader. What's, what's your beef, Keith? Uh, issues are that we've been negotiating with the government for over three years, um, particularly over the last four months. But no proposals have come out from the government, uh, which are significantly improved on their initial offer. And there's a, a number of firefighters who are being asked to work up to an extra ten years. And I'm sure your listeners uh, will understand that asking firefighters to work an extra ten years, despite having to pay one of the highest percentages of uh, our pension, you know, we pay over 15% into the pension scheme, which is an enormous amount of money. And to ask us to work an extra 10 years as well, we think it's just not only not fair, it's just not right. Why is it not fair? It's because in the public sector we pay one of the highest amounts. I mean, paying over 15% I pay into uh, my pension scheme. Now, they're also asking me now to work an extra 10 years. Yes. Now, we understand the economy, and we all like to take a hit for the team, but working an extra 10 years, I think it's just, too much. Uh, is it this 15%, is that compulsory? Uh, yes, if you have a pension scheme, you obviously you have to pay. I mean, the basic firefighters used to have to pay 11%. Yeah. And over the last few years, they've increased it year on year, and, and the average firefighter pays over 14%. Now. How much does a firefighter earn, rough, on average? Uh, on average, it's £29,000 okay. okay. a year. And that's over £4,000 a year going into their pension scheme. What what happens at the weekend if there's a major incident? Would the fire brigade or fire service, sorry, uh, come out and sort that out? Well, hopefully this will give you an indication of uh, the firefighters don't want to go on strike. They're very reluctant to. And during the strike period, we've agreed that if there is a major incident, that you know we believe uh, that we serve the community, so we have agreed to come in and uh, work during periods of the strike action. And what's what's the definition of a major incident? Uh, a major incident for the fire service is obviously when there's a severe uh, incident where you need a lot of resources, and therefore not more than the normal situation where the fire service can't cope, and so therefore they call all of the fucking firefighters in, and we've agreed to help that and do that on this occasion. There will be some, there'll be lots of people supporting you, Keith. There will be some people listening who will no doubt call in and say that for you to go on strike, particularly the last strike I think was near bonfire uh, night and uh, now over a bank holiday, some people might argue that's um, a little bit selfish. What I'd say to your listeners is we've been negotiating for three years. We don't go on strike lightly. However, because the government aren't coming out with significant proposals, we have no option. And the last period of strike action was over the Christmas and New Year period. And that brought the government round the negotiating table. And we're just asking that the government listen to their own evidence, which says that firefighters have a high risk of not achieving the uh, fitness at 60 years of age. So therefore, when they're asking us to work an extra 10 years up to 60, we might actually not be able to reach that. Therefore, we might face the sack. What would be your your ideal solution, Keith? What would you, if, if the government would phone up to say today and say you can have whatever you want? What what would it be? Not a fair deal. I'd say you've promised firefighters that they can retire when they sign the contract. We got you in front of that, and 
start increasing firefighters' pension contributions year on year, so we could actually pry firefighters out of the pension. Keith, I appreciate your time this morning. Fingers crossed there are no major incidents this weekend that you need to respond to. Keith Williams chairs the Fire Brigade's union, Buckinghamshire branch. Your thoughts, please. The Fire Brigade going on strike again. They're a service now, aren't they, I think. Is there a, there's a difference, isn't there? I don't know what. Or maybe it's, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the Fire Brigade going on strike again. What do you think? Good idea, bad idea, selfish, or up the workers? 08459 455555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, on the speed sensors at the Kidneywood roundabout, Airport Way starting to look busy as you head towards the motorway. Otherwise, still a quiet start on the major routes. The M1 itself flowing without any problems. In High Wycombe, on the A40 at Bradenham Road, there are temporary traffic lights for roadworks. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House home in Marsh Road. It follows a BBC Panorama investigation which showed abuse and neglect of patients at one of its homes in Croydon. The Sinn Féin president, Gerry Adams, has spent a second night under arrest as police continue to investigate the murder of Jean McConville in 1972. And firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. The latest war out is spread over three days. Buckinghamshire Fire Brigade's union says crews in the county won't be partially paid for the remainder of their shifts. They say that will extend the time where fire cover will be reduced. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham manager, Gareth Ainsworth, says he firmly believes they can avoid relegation to the conference on the final day of the season tomorrow. Ainsworth's side must win at Torquay and hope Northampton or Bristol Rovers lose. Nothing to lose. We've got to go down Torquay and win. Hopefully get a favour from uh, either Mansfield or Oxford and uh, I believe it can happen. I always believe it will. Positive has is, is been my, year, my, my life for 40 years and uh, I'm not going to stop now, so... I'm firmly believing that there'll be a twist. Watford round off their season with a 12-15 kick-off at home to Huddersfield in the Championship. Milton Keynes-Dons aim for a first home win since February against Leighton Orient at Stadium MK. The Dons have still to confirm new contracts for a number of players, including Stephen Gleeson and Isle McLeod, with manager Cole Robinson hoping to make on-loan Jordan Spence a permanent signing from West Ham. I hope so. Um, obviously, after... We, we, we got told we, we want to be in a championship in a year's time so if we want to be in a championship we need to sign Jordan Spence it's simple as that we need to go out and spend the money on these players I'd love them to be here next year mm. I'd love them to be here um, the question has been asked we just have to wait and see whether um, we can do it or not and also in League One Graham Wesley's already relegated Stevenage finished their season at promoted Brentford I've spent a lot of time this week getting ready for next season obviously one of the benefits if you can call it a benefit of getting relegated early and going into you know a lower league is that I've, I've known probably for longer than anybody else exactly what we're going to be doing next year so I've had to make sure that I can use that as an advantage and, and get ahead of the game. And in the semi-finals at the World Snooker in Sheffield, Mark Selby leads the world number one Neil Robertson 5-3. The defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has a 6-2 advantage over Barry Hawkins. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three. Ah, can I just issue... By the way, can I issue a warning? Tommy James 
I think we're alone now, please, Kelly. But let's have that. So crack. Let's let's see if we can find. I think that's his name, isn't it? Anyway, can I issue a warning to all members of 3CR staff? Get your hands off of my mug. Yes, this is the second mug. This had to be um, the first had to be replaced. Barry Caffrey, Jane Killick. This is the roll call of shame. These are people who I know. Carol Abercrombie. Car- has she? Mm-hmm. These are people who I know have been using my Davy Jones tribute mug. I've licked the rim. I've licked the rim, Catherine. And that stuff can't be washed off, not even by Ollie the Cleaner. Okay? <laughs> right. I don't want nobody touching my mug. Maybe what you need to do is put your holy grail in a different depository <laughs> from the rest of them because it what? just is a mug free-for-all in there. You may notice I keep mine separate, my I, chinaware. Again, are you actually speaking about cups still? Or? Yes. Oh, oh, sorry, OK. Yeah, no. Where do you um, shove yours? Uh, in my own personal private drawer. Can I put mine in your drawer? Yes. Can I put my holy grail in your drawer? Of course you can. Can I put my crown jewels in your drawer? No. OK. I just it really it just really gets, gets my goat. No, it does. Bit but of you, respect. You need to take the appropriate precautions. It's not. This isn't you know one of the the, the big breakfast mug or the um, just the plain mug or I heart sausage mug that are up there. <laughs> I this do is like a Davy. I like that one. <laughs> this is a Davy Jones tribute mug. That guy died. You think they'd have more respect? Bit more respect. How are we doing with that song, Kels? Yeah, I'm, I've got it. Also, back to your mug. Yes, mate. Um, I think it's your own fault. Sorry, I do. Well, because one what? time. I, there's lots of mugs in there. Yeah. Nobody has. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows who they belong to, well, but everybody well, uses them. I think wait, people would wait, have a fair wait, idea with that wait, one. Wait, uh, wait. So, uh, the other day, I. Davy Jones, 1945 to 2012. I got a mug out, and Paul Scoynes came in and went, You're drinking out of my mug. And I said, Oh, sorry, Scoynes, it was just in the cupboard, so I just grabbed it. But that, that's my mug. It's and an he excellent was, impression. Yeah. He was so upset. Yeah. You know, there are other places to keep your mug if you're really that... Paul Scoyne's the political reporter. He gets very, very upset at the slightest thing. He's quite indignant, isn't he? Isn't he? I mean, uh, yesterday I spent 30, 35 minutes harassing him on the phone and giving him a dead arm. And there was no smiles on his face at the end of that. He was very, very bitter. Very bitter bear. This mug is mine. Hands off. If I see anybody... What I'm going to do is I'm going to write a rude message on the the bottom of the mug. So when they finish slurping their drink... Last dregs of their tea. Oh, my bike's rubbish, or something like that. I can't have something better yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah. I won't say your bike is rubbish. It was something better than that. His bike is rubbish, though. His bike is is utter rubbish. Children behave. That's what they say when we're together. And watch how you play. They don't understand.
Tiffany's uh, yeah, procedure. It, so, it? Exactly the same. I like a bit of Tommy James and the Shondells. He was, he's fast. He got, I thought I was saying this off there. He got signed, I think, to a record label when he was 13 or 14. But the record label was owned by the Mafia and they just wouldn't let him go. And he kept having, he had quite, he had big hits. He, he wrote Moni Moni, um, which is the same as the Billy Idol version. Mm-hmm. He had another, what was the other big hit? Tommy James had a really, really big hit. You hear it go, oh, God, I didn't know that was him originally. He's good. But also it means now, because he was sort of 14 and all the other pop stars were sort of 23, 24, he's still comparatively young now. I like a bit of Tommy James. Well, I like that bit. I like that bit. You'd like other bits. I like that bit where all the music stopped and just the bass. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, we're, we're filling, guys, because there ain't now in the papers. Oh, there is. Oh, what you got? Oh, there are some things in the papers. What you got? There's um, Jeremy Clarkson apologising oh. um, for... Well, he doesn't quite apologise for saying it. He's still not saying he said it. But the N-word was semi-audible from a rhyme he was doing. This is the... Eeny, the... meeny, miny, mo. If you start that rhyme, you know where it's going, don't you? I didn't know there was a rude version of that. In fact, I can't even remember what version I used to use at school. It certainly wasn't that version. It was Catch a Baby, I think, when we Catch did Catch a it. Baby, maybe. Uh, baby. Um, and there was a big controversy. Did he or didn't he say the N-word? Well, the clip's up on YouTube. And when we listened to it yesterday, yeah... He half mumbles it, but he mumbles it halfway through the you words. Can hear what, you can hear what it is. You can hear what he's saying. Now, 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 now. We'll play the, we'll play the apology because it's brilliant. Cause well, yeah, because it sort of apologises for apparently not being good enough. He's doing his sincere voice. Um, in fact, let's, let's listen to the apology because I, I, I do like this. The word I loathe. Please be assured I did everything in my power to not use that word. I'm sitting here begging your forgiveness for the fact that obviously my efforts weren't quite good enough. He did everything in his power to not use that word but yet he half mumbled that word. There is an easier way of doing it. Now can I defend Clarkson? Yes. A man I find odious, tedious and, and obnoxious but the clip we saw that didn't go out on television did it? No. And that was, I I think, and I may have got this wrong, that was a rehearsal. I think think that's the case. I think it was a rehearsal. Now. Three takes for the segment, for the same segment. Okay. Now, we have all said things, I'm not saying we've said that, we have all said things off air, in rehearsals, when we know stuff... When we record the podcast links, oh my goodness gracious me, the language that comes out of your mouth, Catherine Boyle. Because we know it's not going to get... Pro- and it's, not, it's not racist or homophobic, the stuff we're saying, but we know it's, we say stuff that we know won't go in the podcast. And it's not suitable for broadcast. And it's not suitable for broadcast because we're having a laugh, we're showing off to, we're showing off to each other, basically. But if someone else were to come in and take that, we could be stitched up. 
Yes. Oh, God, no, don't now. The Daily Mail are going, guys, get me those tapes. I want those. Like, 24 hours to get me those tapes. Uh, <laughs> but what, but it, he used the word, but he used it amongst a small crew. There would have been th- three or four other people there watching him doing it. Uh, it would have been people that he worked with every single day. He would have known them. Um, not saying it's appropriate, stupid, but stupid thing he was not saying that to be broadcast. And don't we all use language and words that are not safe for broadcast in our lives? But I think that word is quite special, isn't it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that word joking. I wouldn't ever use that word joking. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Probably. I do I, think he's been stitched up. I'm, I'm saying. I, I'm. I'm going to say I probably wouldn't use that word joking, but I don't know. It's not a nice word. I, I can't imagine a scenario when I would use that word joking, Lee. Can't imagine. Uh, but yeah, he's been, I, 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 just in, in this instance, I'm kind of... He shouldn't have used the word. He's an idiot. Look what James May calls him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I often wondered about that word, whether it's all one word or two. It's one word. It's one word, OK. Yes, I'm glad that's been there's clarified. No, there's no hyphen uh, uh, after bell. There's the be- bit of BBC education there. 08459 555555. Ken's in Sandy. Morning, Ken. Good morning to you, Ian. Ken, what would you like to say, sir? I want to say... Absolutely, there's no need for cameras in a care home. There is a care home in Sandy called Park House where my wife was. Yes. And she was there for nearly a year. Absolutely brilliant home. Yeah. Now, my point is, is that there was, I think there was a home leprosy, I think it was, where there were problems. Yes. And at the time, they were talking about cameras and that sort of thing. No need for cameras. It takes away the okay. privacy. Let's not, let's, let, okay, listen, let's not mention any more specific uh, places' names, because I don't know all these places, and I don't want them to get involved. The but, where Mepishaw was one that was... It ended up being closed down, was that didn't one, was it? it? There okay, was yeah. one department in there where there had been problems. I don't think there was talk about... Um, a anything specific there was just there were just problems it didn't come up well but in the Ken, you say reports. the care home your wife was in was was great the care home that featured in this panorama show i believe was listed as one of the best it passed the cqc investigation with flying colors and uh, uh, there was an interview with the daughter of the woman who was slapped who said that she checked it out and it was seen as one of the best if there are rogue people working in there and all it takes is one person to be a dodgepot then you just don't know what... My mum's in a care home. It's brilliant. I don't know what goes on when I'm not there. I don't know what goes on at night time. I don't know. Ken? Well, the, the, th- the thing is this, yes. is that um, people, are, were, people are being invited um, to go to the homes and see what they're like. Yeah. I went to a couple of homes yeah. and it looked wonderful, yeah. but... Different people were saying to me, not there, not there. Park House... Well, no, but, but let's, 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 okay, I don't want... I don't no, that want was any... the one where he said... OK, I know, but I don't, but I don't no want any more specific names. I don't want any more specific names. I think the idea behind this is they have cameras in their rooms at their request yeah. and their families are the ones who have access to the footage. So, if you imagine you were concerned or you there was something that was going on, you weren't quite sure what was happening, you could check it for yourself. No-one else would be watching it. It's not like there'd be some remote operator watching them 24 hours. And also, when you got... I've been on these tours of care homes and, of course, they all look fantastic and the staff all look great because you're there for 20 minutes an hour 
they're not. They're, you're not going to see them unplugging bells and slapping old women with dementia, are you? You're not going to see that. Or leaving them for hours on end without going to the loo. You know, you don't know how long you're... For example, when my grandma was in a care home, she was saying, like, they left me for ages, I need to go to the loo. She was sitting next to the toilet. All she needed was oh. a little bit of a hand into the loo. She was sitting there for ages. You know, sometimes as a, as, as a family member, you, you just want to check just to make sure, just to give you some peace of mind. Or so you can do something about it. Mm. Oh, wait, four, f- thank you, Ken. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, five. If, if, if we, let's not mention any specific places because I don't want to get embroiled in legal battles. Have you got anything else in the papers? Yeah, there's this. Takeaways should be banned from trading near schools to stop what? people's getting fat. What? This is a quango. Public Health England you urged town halls to set up exclusion zones. Some already exist, covering a 400 metre radius or a five minute walk from classes. Hang on, sorry. A 400 metre radius? Yeah. Like- well, what, Are so they thinking just... if you're portly, you're not going to walk that far? <laughs> it's just over there, then. <laughs> well, I, I kind of agree with the idea you shouldn't have fast food places near schools, but 400 metres, I mean, in my heyday, I could run that in 52 seconds. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing. It's just it's over there. Surely, you know, as parents, you're the ones that hold the purse strings and you're the ones who hold the key to educating your children about food. I, got a, I mentioned this on Sky the other day, and I got abuse from a doctor who was sat next to me. Because uh, I said... The ultimate responsibility for fat kids lies with the parents. Yeah, I okay? think you're right. You can't blame the schools. You can't blame blame the government. You can't blame Tesco's for doing buy one get one free. It's down to the parents. You know, when they get to a certain age, they'll go out and they'll buy their own food and stuff. But hopefully, by that point, you've instilled in them what's good and what's not. Yeah. I got when I was growing up. Chocolate uh, was was uh, such a luxury to me that if I had some money, I would very rarely buy myself sweets or chocolates mm. or anything like that. I really didn't do it. I'd buy something different. It's down to the parents. You got fat kids. Odds are you got fat parents. Portion size is also a factor, isn't it? Yes. If you have parents who are larger, yeah, I've seen it myself. Yes. They'll be feeding them a similar amount to what they're having. Exactly. You got fat kids. You're going to have fat parents. Well, not always. I mean, there are different I would, factors, Not but always. Bit, but you do see The majority of, of the times. And it's totally down to the parents. Listen to us setting the world straight. Do you want to carry on after the, the travel? We'll do a bit of Happy Houghton. Go on, then. Um, and uh, a bit of Happy Hardcore. And then uh, we'll set the world straight again, shall we? Go on, we? then. Go on, then. Fantastic. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, heavy going around Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also in Luton, the Waller Avenue heading towards the centre of town, busy at the Dunstable Road. And in Borehamwood on the speed sensors, the A1 southbound starting to build up around Stirling Corner. Public transport though, all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hang on, Alice. 6.47, it's Friday, yes, the 2nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House Home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama investigation. The Sinn Féin president, Gerry Adams, has spent a second night under arrest as police continue to investigate the murder of Jean McConville in 1972. And firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. Coming up, J-Dog is out in Houghton Regis. He's in... He's he's out in Houghton Regis. He's... Uh, he's Houghton Regis. He's Houghton Regis. Kath, help me with he's this. He's out in Houghton. He's out Actually, in... Actually, you know, Houghton. the locals pronounce it Houghton, so that oh, might make it easier. Nuts. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, a bit of a cloudy start to the day until this afternoon when that starts to break and we see some sunshine, sun poking through. Uh, now there are some light showers around but um, not too many of them, certainly very different to yesterday's weather and a slight northeasterly breeze. Temperatures only reaching about 11 or 12 degrees Celsius today and tonight a cold clear night with a widespread frost. Temperatures down to about 3 or 4 degrees. It's going to be quite a shock to the system after recent mild nights and tomorrow some sunny spells, lighter winds, um, still feeling fairly chilly with highs of 12 or 13 degrees celsius but those temperatures improve as we go through the bank holiday weekend so we've got some frosty nights to come over the weekend but it should be quite settled fine and dry with some sunny spells which could be fairly hazy at times that's your latest forecast The BBC Local Apprentice Scheme. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I'm the presenter from 9 until 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I always wanted to work in radio. Radio is something that I have always loved. Now, if you've ever wanted to work for the BBC, this could be your chance. We're holding two information events. The first is tomorrow at 12.30 here at the BBC Studios in Luton. And the second on Monday at 12.30 at the BBC bus, which is parked in the car park at Stadium MK. I first got into working in radio when I was 13. From that moment, I got in through the door. I learned how to answer the phones. I learned how to deal with the call. You'll be able to find out more about the scheme and how to apply. No need to book, just turn up on either day. Lastly, I learnt how to interview people and talk to people. The BBC Local Apprenticeship Scheme. Right, uh, BBC Introducing. Kells, you've got uh, 15 seconds, starting from... Wait, what am I doing? She's what? 15 seconds up, I'm afraid. What? Oh, I didn't say now, sorry. Oh, what was my 15 seconds for? To do BBC Introducing. Oh, BBC Introducing, it's brilliant. Every Saturday yeah. night, 8pm, BBC you've Three Counties Radio. Used it Each all week up. we select a track for used you the... to listen to. This okay. week it's called The Cell by Talking Colour, based in London yeah. and Luton. You haven't got the time to do that, I'm afraid. Kelly, you ran out of time.
Oh, she's on the phone. Look, she's, I've got there too early. Who are they, Kells? Um, they're called Talking Colour. I can't hear what you're saying, but that was called The Cell, and they're coming in session in June. BBC Introducing. Excellent stuff. Inside, outside. Make your mind up, guys. But either way, take your shoes off if you're coming in, because that is creating a mess. Justin Dealey. Justin. Morning, boss. You're in Houghton Regis. Yes. Now, I had a very strong email from a gentleman yesterday, Sean Rogers, mm-hmm. um, who says, I apologise. I can't come on and talk to you. My phone is in the Nokia repair centre. Right. But it's a little bit more information than I needed. By the way, has anyone else not got a signal on EE? I'm, I'm worried they've deactivated my phone. I've got that, and I do have a signal. Are you on EE? Yeah. Have you got a full signal? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. They've deactivated my SIM. Have a word, there must be some misunderstanding. Uh, There must be some misunderstanding. Now, uh, Sean says, um, uh, I took issue with the comments made yesterday about Bedford Square being a no-go area after certain times. I regularly visit the shops there. Uh, He he then goes on to say, basically, uh, that House and Regis has had um, a bit of a bad press this week. um, And uh, that he loves it there. And he thinks it's a really good place. So well, that's fair enough. We have sent you to get try and get some good stories about Houghton Regis. Yeah, well, it's the home of our big tour. I mean, normally every single town or village we go to, everyone's saying to us, "Oh, this is fantastic! You, you should be talking about this because this happens here and it's wonderful." Um, as you mentioned, it's not been a, a particularly good week here in Houghton Regis. Um, I, th- I think you've got some audio lined up to, to with people. Yep. Um, I have been talking to people this morning early in Houghton Regis about what makes them happy here. Are we in? This has not been great. Here's what happened. Oh dear. John, good morning. What makes you happy about House and Regis? Uh, it's all right. I've lived here for the last 20 years. But what makes you happy about it? Um, I don't know, really. Come on, one thing. Come on, John, we're doing this for the people of Houghton Regis. What makes you happy about House and? I don't know. It's a great, sort of like, nice place for my kids to grow up. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. But there's not one particular thing that, that stands out? Not really. It's not going well, this, is no, it? No, sorry. <laughs> okay, thanks, John. No worries. Kim, happy house and talk to me. Right, I was not very happy. I supply white goods to the area. Uh, we have a joke in the yard that we have PPE, boots, gloves and knee pads. We come to Houghton Regis, we want to have proof vests. Oh, come on. That's the joke in the yard. Seriously? Seriously. I mean, it's a joke at the moment, but how long before it becomes reality? Oh, come on, looking around here, there's got to be something that makes you happy, surely. You want to be... Well, look at it, it's all closed up. Like the businesses at the top have all been shut down. They've, uh, so I had some friends lived up the top there, they've been moved out, and um, the family that moved in have wrecked the whole top floor, so right. what can you do? Uh, yeah, OK. Um, not a particularly uh, glowing reference? Not really. I've only lived in the place four years, and, it, and in that four years I've seen a big decline. Right. OK, well, listen, we're here in the interest of fairness. If anybody says anything good, we shall report that. Thank you. Thanks a lot, mate. Come on, Chris. Do this for the people of Houghton Regis. What makes you happy about Houghton Regis? There is nothing happy about Houghton Regis. Not one thing? Not one thing. Come on, think hard. Yes. Nothing. Not even me being here today? <laughs> no, not really, but... Uh, yeah, there ain't nothing. Well, here's Pamela. Pamela, Houghton Regis, something here must make you happy. Come on. What? Um... Pause. Yeah, where I live, it's nice and quiet. Yeah. I yes! don't live on the I, I live in the old part of Houghton Regis. And again, Regis. it could be nice and quiet anywhere. Come on, what's so good about Houghton Regis? What makes you happy here? What puts a smile on your face? Not a lot. Oh, <laughs> Right, now, Justin. Yep. 
Did you select those people nope. specifically and cut out the ones that came out with glowing reviews? No, absolutely not. And do you know this what, this morning, uh, we're here, we're, we're just outside the square, I'm in the Morrison's car park. You cannot miss me, Ian. We've got the radio car here, we've got a, a 30-foot mast. If you have anything good to say about Houghton Regis, yeah. come and see me or phone you, because it's been a dreadful week it has. for Houghton Regis. And, and, and this, it feels... I just had a, a tweet, by the way, that says that, that uh, Vox package was vintage dealy. Mm. Vintage dealy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just tell us exactly where you are again, Just. We yeah. want people to come and tell you their good stories about House and Regis, please. Yeah. Just outside at the main square, I'm in the Morrison's car park. Morning to you, sir. Anything happy to say? Come and see me? No? Okay, fair enough. Oh. Uh, yeah, just um, outside the main square in the Morrison's car park. Seriously, you cannot miss me. Come and tell me what makes you happy about House and Regis. If you have anything good to say about where you live, please, please, please come and see me. Justin, excellent stuff. 08459 455. Five double five is the phone number. It, it's not looking great. No, come on, Houghton. What do they call it? Paul Hooten. 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 Hooten Regis. Hooten Tooten Regis. I think is the uh, the correct uh, pronunciation, isn't it? I am a highfalutin hooten shooting son of the gun from Arizona. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise heavy going around Junction 20 for Kings Langley. On the speed sensors also starting to build up around Junction 16 for the M40. Between Junction 27 for the M11 and 26 for Waltham Abbey, one lane is closed because of vehicles broken down. And on the speed sensors in Boreham Wood, the A1 southbound are heavy going between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much indeed. So, on the phones in the next hour, if you'd be so kind, should we have CCTV cameras in old people's homes? Is it right that the fire service have gone on strike? And what's your favourite cheese? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What's your favourite cheese? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton Care Home proposing surveillance cameras. Hertfordshire MPs criticise Luton Airport decision and firefighters back on strike at midday. BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House Home in Marsh Road. It follows a BBC Panorama investigation which showed abuse and neglect of patients at one of its homes in Croydon. More from Tony Fisher. HC1 says the measure would tackle the abuse and neglect of vulnerable elderly residents. It intends to ask residents, families and staff if they would support having cameras in the rooms. The company says that following a survey, most people are in favour. Last year, a carer at the Limes in Henlow was caught sleeping on the job after the manager installed a secret camera. Two Hertfordshire Conservative MPs have criticised the decision to expand London Luton Airport without a public inquiry. The MP for Hitchin and Harpenden, Peter Lilly, says he tried 
tried to persuade Secretary of State Eric Pickles to call in the application and has described the conditions laid down on aircraft noise as very watered down. Stevenage MP Stephen McPartland says it was an important opportunity for a transparent and independent public inquiry. The Sinn Féin President Gerry Adams has spent a second night under arrest as police continue to investigate the murder of Jean McConville in 1972. His party has spoken to David Cameron about its fears that the arrest is politically motivated, something the Prime Minister has rejected. Firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action today in a row with the government over pensions. The latest walkout is spread over three days. Buckinghamshire Fire Brigade's union says crews in the county won't be partially paid for the remainder of their shifts, which they say extends the time where fire cover will be reduced. More from you and Duncan. The latest firefighters' strike is due to begin at midday and last for five hours. Further actions planned between 2pm on Saturday and 2am on Sunday and from 10am until 3pm on Sunday. The the FBU in Bucks says it's the only county in England and Wales where fire crews won't be partially paid for the time they're available for work. It claims people will be at risk for longer periods, but says its members have agreed to be recalled to duty throughout the weekend if there's a major incident. More than 300,000 adults from across the UK are being asked to take part in the world's biggest study into dementia. The aim is to try to predict what factors may increase the risk of developing the disease. Twin sisters from Aldershot have been reunited in the United States after spending 78 years apart. Elizabeth Hamill and Anne Hunt were separated as babies when Anne was put up for adoption by their single mother. The women found each other after the longest period of separation ever recorded for twins. In sport, Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth says he firmly believes they can avoid relegation to the conference on the final day of the season tomorrow. Ainsworth's side must win at Torquay and hope Northampton or Bristol Rovers lose. The weather, any early rain, will soon die out, leaving a dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Where I live it's nice, you've got good community spirit. It's becoming a bit more villagey and better community spirit. All this week we're featuring Houghton Regis. You will not find a better fighting spirit in, in the whole of Bedfordshire than Houghton Regis. It's all about where you live. On a whole, it's great. The Big Tour. BBC Three Counties Radio. Any bowl of pound, fresh fruit, come and get it. Any bowl of pound. There's a real fighting spirit in Houghton Regis. Literally fighting on spirits. We want your good Houghton Regis stories today, please. Dealey's there, he's parked up in the truck. Go and say hello to him. Go and shake his hand. Go and give him a hug, for goodness sakes. And tell him what's good about being there. Got a text here. I'll read that one in a second about someone saying something positive about the HR. Also on the show, cameras in care homes. What do you reckon? And the firefighters are going on strike again. Good idea or bad idea? What's your favourite cheese? I like the smelly ones. Bishop's finger. 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Boyle? I think you're thinking a stinking bishop. Stinking, is stinking. B- bishop's finger a, a brew? An ale? I tell you what, I don't like. I do not like cheese that's got fruit in. 
Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. No, no. I discovered I it over will. Christmas. It's, mm, it's, delicious. No, it's not delicious. It's disgusting. It's not proper cheese. It's, it's not proper fruit. Oh, it's, oh, who hey, cares? I have a question. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You know when people put six uh, at parties, they have uh, pineapple and cheese? Yes. How, why those two things? It's Hawaiian. It's a but, miniature Hawaiian pizza, and that's what they eat in Hawaii. Who decided that? The Hawaiians. And why stop there? Why not have apple and ham? Because apples and hams don't grow on Hawaii. All they grow is cheeses and pineapples. It's, it's a fact. And if you dispute that, well, that makes you... Aloha. Catherine, we've got a positive... I, when I, I've been to Hawaii several times. Twice. For work. Didn't you get fed up of all the cheese and pineapple? <laughs> yes. I don't even like... I don't like... I hate pineapple. So it's just cheese. It's too bitter. Um, uh, but I also got sick of people saying, Aloha! Mm-hmm. All Mahalo. The... They say Mahalo. I don't know, because I, I was um, uh, punching people left, What's right... What's that thing they do when they waggle their fingers? E- no, no, no. Let's say something. Aloha all the flipping time. All the flipping time. Aloha. Yeah, okay, it's cute the first time. And they, they, I got, they use it for hello and goodbye, don't they? I got laid so often in Hawaii. What? I was getting oh, laid all the time. Every, every, you get off the plane, you get laid. You go to the hotel, you get laid. You get in a cab, you get laid. You go, um, you, you go to a massage parlour, you get laid. Are they real ones, though, or pretend? Um, they were generally real. They were generally real. It's nice, though. No, it wasn't. It's, it's nice a, gesture. It's cute the first... It's the flowers they put around your neck, Kels. Oh, right. They're a warm people. <sighs> It's a constant 82 degrees there, all year round. Wow. You know, um, half of the Mac live there. Fleet yes, Mac. yes, they did. Well, the, the, the male Fleet, Fleetwood Mac live there. Yeah. Can you, uh, we've got a positive text about House and Regis. Let's read it. Can, go on then. Let's hear it in your uh, dulcet uh, tones. Okay, here's my dulcet tones. I don't know what dulcet means. Um, sweet. Hey. I, I used I, the wrong word then, sorry. Oh. I've lived in House. Let's hear it in your grating nasally voice. Oh. I've lived in House and Regis for 15 years. I hate boss. Not me. Sorry. This is Jen in Houghton Regis. Right, yes. lived there for 15 years and downsized my house to move here. It has a lovely library and some good shops. Take a walk in Houghton Hall Park and the woods to see squirrels and flowers. But sorry, Justin, <laughs> I'm not getting out of bed to see you at Morrison's. <laughs> Justin, I'm ba- bad news there, Jen. Thank you very much indeed. And boy, didn't we learn a lot about Hawaii there. Now, surveillance cameras could be installed in a Luton care home in reaction to shocking footage of abuse and neglect aired on this week's Panorama. HC1 is the country's third largest operator and runs Milliner House and many others among them. One of the facilities highlighted in the BBC investigation. As a result, it's asking all of its residents how they would feel about having cameras in their rooms on an opt-in basis. We can speak now to David Pearson, who is the president of the Association of Directors of Adult Social Services. Good morning to you, David. Good morning. David, what do you make about all of this? Well, there are some issues with it in terms of the privacy when people are receiving intermediate, in, intimate personal care, mm. uh, the protection of images and who they are shared with, uh, making sure that there is fully informed consent, and also, of course, in situations where people may not have capacity because of having dementia. So it's not a panacea for poor care, uh, social care services should mean that people are cared for properly in secure, safe and stimulating environments. We'll, we'll get so, on to how we can change that in a second, because yeah. you're right, they, they, yeah. we, we should hopefully live in a world where, where that system isn't flawed. But if, if the, the, the having a camera in your room is opt-in, mm-hmm. and if the people are capable, or the people who have power of attorney uh, are, are capable of making that decision, that, 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 
that has to be about a, a good idea, doesn't it? If they're agreeing to it. I, I think if, if they're agreeing to it, I, I understand why people may wish to uh, take this, this measure in order to feel safer uh, in, their, in their homes. Um, so I, it clearly is an opt-in issue. What I'm pointing out is that there are some issues with it. Mm. And of course, what we know about the Panorama programme was that there was plenty of evidence, actually, about concerns that were being raised that were not acted upon. So you've got to always have a... You, you, you've got to have a situation where uh, providers are taking... Uh, great interest in the quality of the care provided by their staff and, and acting upon concerns where they are raised. David, a lot of the carers in this country, the majority of carers in this country, are wonderful, kind people. I've met lots of them and, and they've looked after my mum. But how come, what is wrong with the system that we do every few months hear stories of just wicked abuse on vulnerable people? Well, I, I, I'd like to emphasise the point you've just made, that there are wonderful examples of, of care uh, from well-led homes by by well-led leading managers who are investing in proper training and support of their staff. And this this creates a culture where everyone knows what good looks like and every resident matters. And that's that's really what's required here. And, and, and what we need to do is to share the examples of the good practice, to encourage people to make sure that they do create that, that proper culture around excellent quality care. And how do we do that, though? I mean, the, the reporter that was in this Panorama programme, she received three days training before she went in, which seems woefully inadequate to me. Is it training? Is it the fact that, that these people get paid very, very little for doing, you know, pretty um, uh, uh, delicate work, shall we say? W- what is wrong with the system? We, we do need to make sure that people are, are paid enough to recruit people who wish to invest in a career in social care and, uh, and, and and can be retained. Uh, so that that's an issue. And of course, um, funding of social care has gone down uh, by 2.68 billion in the last three years, as needs are increasing. So that is an issue. We do need, as a society, to value the role that social care staff. Uh, take mm. and and ensure that that's invested in and i think that the, the the point you raise about training is also absolutely critical and uh, three days training i was shocked by that yes three three days training is is not is not enough uh, in order to make sure that people are able to deal with the com- increasingly complex needs that there are in residential nursing care 20 years ago perhaps the needs were not as great as they are now but people have increasing numbers of people have dementia have complex needs and need the high quality care uh, that that is is made available through that proper training investment and that proper leadership through through the cu- a culture of making sure that every resident matters the the care home that was featured in the panorama program uh, and, and i haven't seen it. i'm going by what, what i've read in the clips i've seen on the news but while the reporter was there the the care quality commission came did a, a, a survey on it and, and it passed with flying colors so the cqc need to change the way they work they are actually the the new uh, chief inspector Andrew Sutcliffe is in in the midst of a, a process for changing the way in which uh, that they are actually um, inspected. I, I do think that in, an inspection with the best will in the world, it's rather like uh, the police. They do they do uh, seek to catch cri- um, ensure that they catch criminals and that they identify crime. But actually, what we know is that the, the best way to ensure that uh, uh, these things don't happen is to invest in ways, in things that prevent it. So we go back to the conversation we have just had. But I, I, but I do know it is the case that the Care Quality Commission are involved in changing their 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 
inspection methodology and working with people like local authorities, the association that I represent with uh, 152 directors of adult social services. We commission about half the placements in residential nursing care across the country. So we need, we need to work with them uh, and with providers to make sure that the quality of the care is as good as it can be um, and that there is the proper investment and training and care given to our most vulnerable uh, members of our communities. David, I appreciate your time this morning. It's David Pearson. He's the president, no less, of the Association of Directors of Adult Social Services. Over to you. I know there are lots of people listening who um, have got uh, relatives, friends, loved ones in care homes. You may have been in a care home yourself right now listening to this tosh. If that's the case, I can only apologise. Uh, what do you think? How do we improve the level of care? The level of care generally is pretty good. I've had a couple of incidents at my mum's home where I've kind of had to step in and say, Oi, what's going on? Uh, but generally, the, there's a lot of Polish girls there. Um, and uh, they, my mum told them off for speaking in Polish. Good for her. She said, Oi, English, please. And, and they did. They listened. Well, because they're speaking over when she's in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they, fair play, they listened. And, and most of those girls there are, are wonderful. And the stuff they have to do... Well, you can imagine, someone looking after someone who cannot do anything mm. for themselves, anything. The stuff they have to do is incredible, and they get paid a pittance. It's crazy, isn't it? I get paid significantly more than them, but yet their job, I would su- suggest, is contributing far more to society and is far more pertinent and important to, to this. You know, we've spent five minutes talking about Hawaii, for God's sakes. It's a huge responsibility they've got. Isn't it just? How do we improve... The, the care in the care homes. Is it paying more money? Is it having tougher training? Or is it installing video cameras? 08459 455 555. I've just been sent some negative texts, have I, about how... A negative text. Just the one. Oh, go on. This is from Mr Anger about Houghton Regis. Do you want to do it? Yeah. I have lived in Hooligan Regis... Oh. For nearly 10 years now, and you can't find anyone to say something positive because there isn't anything. Oh. I left for work this morning and drove down Hilborough Crescent to see overflowing bins and rubbish blowing down the road and pavements, clearly demonstrating the pride that these people take in where they live. It ruins it for the rest of us. Mr Angry. Ay, ay, ay. We, we are trying to find the positive stories from Houghton Regis. We've been there all week. Um, uh, I'll be honest, it's not been the best advert for the place. Justin Dealey is there. He's in the Morrison's car park. Quick, get him before Mr Morrison finds out and boots him out. Go and see him, embrace him, tell him what's good about House and Regis. Or you can give me a call, 08459 555. And you asked for it, we've got a text about cheese. Yay, what's your favourite cheese? Come on, let's have it. Smashing cheese, Gromit. I agree with Ian about cheese with fruit yeah. in. It's just wrong. It's, it's a crime. I like Cambazola. It's a creamy cheese with blue mold. Old, yummy on toasted muffins. It's a bit boring, but you can't beat a good mature cheddar and pickle sandwich, says Martin in Limbury. A good mature cheddar that tickles the back of the throat is just what is required at the moment. Why are you thinking about cheese? Well, I just thought it'd be a nice phone. What's your, what's your favourite cheese? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, four, five, what's five, your favourite cheese joke? No. Yes. No. Yes. No, that's sent the f- yes. What's your favourite cheese? What cheese is made backwards? No, Edam. We're not. That's the only one. No. What did the cheese say when it looked in the mirror? Um, hang on a minute. Oh, I know this one. Uh, what did the cheese say when it looked in the mirror? I know this one. What you looking at me for? No. No. Um, Gowda get a haircut. What? Gowda get a haircut. We have a jo- we have a cheese joke at home. Oh. Right. You have a fun home. We do. Um, this cheese is good, huh? <laughs> okay, let's get some travel news. While we're eating Gouda cheese, I go, this cheese is Gouda. Do you not want to hear? But feta is better. 
It's a little rhyme. It's not a joke. Did you want to? No, I know the. I know the one. What, what's the? What's the thing? What did the chief say when it looked in the mirror? Alice, any ideas? I have no idea. Um, ni- nice to see you. To see you, nice. Nice to ni- don't, I know it. Don't tell me. What did the cheese say when it looked in the mirror? Um, Shall we go to travel, though? Yeah. Well. Didn't say that. How long have we got you for, Alice? Another minute. Oh, yeah, blimey. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise building up around Junction 16 for the M40. Also heavy going at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Slightly further afield between Junction 27 for the M11 and 26 for Waltham Abbey. One lane is closed with queues on the approach. And on the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound starting to build up as you head towards the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Give us a call. What's your favourite cheese? If you've got cheese jokes, you want to share them with us, then uh, 08459 Can we get Paul Scoynes on? He's a big cheese fan. We'll get him to, let's get Scoynes on, the political correspondent here at BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, no, he's awake. He's already sending me abuse on Twitter. Let's get him to talk cheese. 718 is Friday. <laughs> Catherine hates me. Why, why are you so sad, Catherine? Why you look so sad? Trying to deliver a quality programme and you chuck out what's your favourite cheese. <laughs> this is gold. Don't let the Sony Award nomination people hear about that. Uh, a care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residence rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama investigation. The Sinn Féin president, Gerry Adams, has spent a second night under arrest as police continue to investigate the murder of Jean McConville in 1972. And firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Coming up... Cheese! Tomorrow afternoon means the end of the season for our local teams. And they get the volley. Oh, what a goal from Troy Deeney. He just keeps on delivering for Watford. And some have more to play for than others. What a fantastic goal by Matt McClure. We'll be live from 12 as Watford host Huddersfield in the early kickoff. And McHale does make it too. And then we'll bring you commentary on MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham with the Blues fighting for Football League survival. We've got to control what we can control and beat Torquay and that's, uh, that's all we can do. The last day of the season with Three Counties Sports. Tomorrow from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action in beds, hearts and bucks today in a row with the government over pensions. The latest walkout is spread over three days and starts at midday today, lasting for five hours. Further action is planned between 2pm on Saturday and 2am on Sunday and from 10am until 3pm on Sunday. We can talk now to station manager Jeremy Williams of Bucks Fire and Rescue Service. Jeremy, d- d- we, there have been several strikes. W- what's going on? How has it come to another one? Morning, Ian. Um, it has, unfortunately, and it's not a decision that anybody's taken easily, that's either the union or the employers, but this is a dispute that, unfortunately, we've got between the Fire Brigade's union and central government. Um, and, unfortunately, this is the, the end result. So what is it exactly that firefighters are, are asking for? 
Um, the dispute is with regards to pensions, and as I say, that, that is an argument between the Fargate's union and central government. And our concern here is ensuring that we've got continuity plans in place in Buckinghamshire to ensure that the community is made as safe as possible, both during the strike and before and after, because of the impact that it will have on our local community. OK, so the strike starts today uh, at midday for five hours. What happens if I phone you up at one o'clock and say, help, my house is on fire? Well, at any time during the strike and before and afterwards, then the response is as normal that you'd be expected to call 999. So if you get an incident, then dial 999 and we will send a response. Now, having said that, we've had to manage our resources carefully because there will be limited uh, number of appliances across the service. But we will respond. Um, but we will have to perhaps re- um, tailor our response depending upon the priority. And certainly if there are lives at risk, then we will prioritise prioritise those calls. We've heard, Jeremy, uh, from the Fire Brigades Union in Bucks that striking firefighters aren't being allowed to return to work at the end of each strike period. Is that right? That's not true, because there, there will be, um, at any time, firefighters are allowed to come to work. If they let us know that they're going to be working, then they can let us know that that's the case. Okay, so striking firefighters are allowed to return to work at the end of each strike period? Um, should they wish to work, then they can certainly return to work at any time, during or after the strike period. Okay. Does it concern you at all that, that, that this is an, an ongoing battle and it, that there's no sign of it abating? I know the government have um, kind of uh, uh, offered some concessions, but it doesn't seem to be enough, does it? Um, well, it's a concern to everybody that there's still a dispute and it's something that nobody um, would wish to continue. And, and that's on both sides, employers and employees side of the equation. Um, what we need to ensure is, and what we do is we respect each other for the decisions that people are making. Because it's an incredibly difficult decision to be made and, and it's a difficult position to be put into. But we have got contingency plans which we've tested and tried and we've had to put in place. And so it, it's something that we've tested hard and we've had experience of in the near past as well. So the, just finally, Jeremy, if, if people uh, uh, encounter a problem during the strikes, they should still dial 999 if that's appropriate and, and it, it, someone will judge as to whether the, uh, people are sent out? Absolutely. If you have an emergency, then dial 999. We will respond. The, the, I suppose the most important thing is, is the message that we give out every day of the year, which is take precautions and be as safe as possible. And so be careful at home, test your smoke alarms, be careful when you're cooking, on the roads, make sure that you're driving carefully, reduce your speed. But these are, these are messages that we give out at any time of the year, in all honesty. So take care and look after yourselves. Uh, Jeremy, thank you very much. Jeremy Williams, Station Manager of Bucks Fire and Rescue Service, 08459 555. I've got a great uh, tweet here from Scott, who's um, listed the, the favourite cheeses for his whole family, which is awesome. The DeRaisin's favourite cheese. Stan likes Red Leicester, Michelle likes Brie, and I like a big smelly lump of Danish blue. Fantastic. Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Do you want the end of that joke? What's the beginning of the joke? What did the cheese say when it looked in the mirror? Um, I know this one. Um, mozzarella, you, hey. That's a no. Robbie, do you know the punchline to this? No, I don't, hmm. unfortunately. So but what do you call it? cheese that isn't yours? Sorry? Nacho what cheese. Do you call, 
Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, well, well done, guys. Oh, just, oh, say... just jumped all over his punchline. Yeah. Sorry. You don't do that. You got... Got... I've got too many cheese jokes. You guys need here. to really work on this double act, Robbie and Kelly, both of you. <laughs> to, I, I'm buzzing you off. <laughs> we'll come back to your joke in a little bit, Kelly, because I, I know this. I know this, and it's frustrating me. Robbie, you've called in about something slightly more serious. Care homes. What would you like to say? My, my grandfather's in a care home um, up in Scotland. He um, he basically, about seven or eight years ago, he had a um, uh, heart bypass, and one thing led to another, and actually he ended up getting um, kind of deteriorated and dementia kind of set in about six, seven years ago, and he's now in a care home. But he's in his second out of... in his second care home, the first one he was in. Um, it wasn't fantastic, really. It was It was all brought about, really, by staff who didn't really care about old people um so it was the the level of care wasn't where it should have been and i think that whilst there is a lot of good care given to a lot of people i think actually it's you need to we need to look at it in a different way and actually people with dementia people with alzheimer's people who are vulnerable and old are kind of if you look at it from this this way they're almost like they're, they're the same kind of vulnerability that children have yeah and I think you wouldn't employ someone to work with a child who didn't like children. You're, you're right. They, they are in care homes, but the, that uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of caring in some instances. Exactly. I think I think it's it's the basics that are done. So people people are looked after. People are uh, are clean. People are given their medicine. How do you change that culture then, Robbie? How do you what do you do? Do you pay them more money? Do you have tighter tests for people applying for jobs? What do you do? I think. I think you need to actually find people who are really passionate about about helping old people. I think my my grandmother, for instance, not just because my grandfather is in a in a care home, but actually what she spent virtually a lot of her life doing is she goes into care homes and will do art therapy with old people. So basically, she'll go in and she'll and 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 through the art, she gets them to draw a picture if they can, or she'll she'll draw them a picture and. It's often things that will then bring out feelings, will bring out emotions, will bring out... Um, you get a lot of people smiling, a lot of people laughing, because it's things they haven't remembered for a long time. And, I mean, my grandfather, for instance, my my wife and I had our first baby about five weeks ago. Oh, fantastic. Um, Congratulations. Um, thank you very no, much. No wonder you sound a little bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my... And my grandfather, he, he can go days without remembering anything. He can go days without remembering my grandmother. He can... He cries when when she's not there because he says, why hasn't she come to see me in years or months yeah. when actually she was there yesterday? But what we did is we sent him a picture and we, we wrote on the back, basically almost reintroducing who we were. So the case of saying, this is Robbie, this is your grandson, this is Susie, his wife, and this is Lucy, their daughter, and she was born five weeks ago. And he it, it stirs up emotions in him. He then remembers things. It... it he doesn't remember everything, but it triggers little things. And I think that in order for us to properly care for old people, we need to have people who are really passionate about helping old people, not just not just helping them um, medically or making sure that they're clean and healthy, but actually you've got to care about their emotional well-being. They aren't in a care home just to die. That's not the, that's not the point of a, a care home. That is the point of, say, a palliative care care home. But what you need is you need people who really really care about restoring some pride and some dignity but also some happiness and some joy to these to the lives of old people and i know this is wildly off the point in terms of cctv but i think it goes a long way to actually restoring proper care for care homes 
And I think you, you need you need people who really care about old people. You can't. It, I would rather have someone who is passionate about seeing old people smile, seeing old people that were happy, seeing old people that weren't just sitting in a room staring at a wall. I'd rather have those sorts of people than someone who was the best administratively or someone who was the best at, at, at professional skills. I'd rather have people who are passionate about caring for old people in the same way that if I was entrusting my five-week-old daughter to anyone, I would have someone who really cares about caring for children. I wouldn't have someone who is is fantastic at admin or fantastic at clerical work. It would be someone who really, really cares about children. Robbie, uh, it's an excellent point. Well made. I have no argument against that. Enjoy your five-year-old, uh, five-week-old daughter. Are you sleeping at all? Uh, yeah, I'm sleeping loads, actually. Oh, OK. Uh, is, is your missus sleeping at all? Uh, yeah, that's another point. There we go, uh, you see. Probably not. <laughs> I thought so. Robbie, excellent. What a great call. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 08459 Let's get the travel news with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise looking busy between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. Also slow going around Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Then on the speed sensors in Kings Langley, the A41 heavy going as you head towards the motorway. Then in Luton at the Kidneywood Roundabout, Airport Way starting to look busy as you head towards the motorway. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House home in Marsh Road. It follows a BBC Panorama investigation which showed abuse and neglect of patients at one of its homes in Croydon. Two Hertfordshire Conservative MPs have criticised the decision to expand London Luton Airport without a public inquiry. The MP for Hitchin and Harpenden, Peter Lilly, and Stevenage MP Stephen McPartland say the application should have been called in. And Firefighters to start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth says he firmly believes they can avoid relegation to the conference on the final day of the season tomorrow. Ainsworth's side must win at Torquay and hope Northampton or Bristol Rovers lose. I'm firmly believing that there'll be a twist We've got to do our side of the bargain, so we're going to go all guns blazing down there. I know there's a lot of fans going down. Uh, really appreciate your support all season, especially for this game. Um, let's have it, come on. Watford round off their season with a 12-15 kick-off at home to Huddersfield in the Championship. Having missed out on the playoffs, leading scorer Troy Deeney is being linked with a move to promoted Burnley, managed by his former Hornets boss, Sean Dyche. Obviously everybody in their craft wants to be the best of what they could do and you want to be the best reporter you could be. So, you know, you want to go and work for whoever it is that you, you see yourself working in long future. But I'm not in a position to affect what happens so I don't have to worry about it. All I can do is score goals and if the club decides to sell me, they sell me. If the club decides to keep me, they keep me. Either way, my, my perspective doesn't change. Milton Keynes-Dons aim for a first home win since February against Leighton Orient at Stadium MK. Manager Carl Robinson is hoping to make on loan Jordan Spence a permanent signing from West Ham. I hope so. Um, obviously, after we, we, we got over, we want to be in a championship in a year's time. So if we want to be in a championship, we need to sign Jordan Spence. It's simple as that. We need to go out and spend the money on these players. 
I'd love them to be here next year. Mm. I'd love them to be here. Um, the question has been asked. We just have to wait and see whether um, we can do it or not. Also in League One, already relegated Stevenage finished their season at promoted Brentford. And in the semi-finals of the World Snooker, Mark Selby leads the world number one Neil Robertson 5-3. Defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has a 6-2 advantage over Barry Hawkins. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. The firefighters are going on strike over the weekend. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Do you support them or do you think they are being selfish? Um, Care home stories. How do we improve care homes? Is it installing CCTV? What's your favourite cheese? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Bees in Hertfordshire. Morning, Bee. Hi. Good morning. What would you like to say, Bee? Um, well, I've been listening to the programme, and I'm a psychiatric nurse. And when I see uh, the people who I work with, absolutely slog their guts out. The care assistants, the nurses, the whole profession. I, you cannot believe how hard these people work, and the money is so poor. And they can't take days off because there's no one to look after people. We care so much about our clients, our patients. And yet, you know, there's, sometimes we get um, more people come in. They get sick physically, mentally. You have to look. It's a 24-hour round-the-clock care. And when people say, you know, oh, the nursing standard isn't very good, or, you know, there's no one there talking to my mom or my dad. When you've got many people on the wards, in the community, and we are limited, not only in pay, but in staff, everybody has cut down the staff, the ratio to clients, patients, to, to staff. And the money is just absolutely ridiculous. And anybody who shattered us, that they would be paying us the highest rate possible. What is the, the kind of average pay, uh, pay for a carer in a care home? To be honest, it's £7, something it can be £8. If you do agency, it goes up. But most people have to have a full-time job, and therefore the, the wage is very poor. And I agree, that's terrible. I think we have um, the, the way that, that people are paid and the amount that people are paid is completely upside down in this country. I get paid more than a carer. It's ridiculous. What do I do? You know, but I'm not doing anything particularly uh, important. But, oh, B, we've lost B. Get B back, because I wanted to talk to her. Uh, you know, yeah, of course we don't, we don't pay uh, uh, the, the carers enough. Of course we should be paying them far more, considering what they have to do, what they have to go through, the amount of work... They, uh, they have to do seven quid an hour, eight quid an hour. It, it is obscene, isn't it? I'm just it saying, is. it is obscene. But, but um, that's not my problem when, when uh, my mum, for example, isn't uh-huh. being cared for or someone's husband isn't being cared for. Right, but when you've got suddenly, say, um, somebody is on the ward who comes in very poorly and they need maybe four or five people to actually lift that person, look after their their open wounds, bathe them, look after all their needs, and you might only have five or six people on, on the actual shift, then the, the work isn't, it isn't possible. I, I agree, I agree. But if it's my wife in a care home, that's not yeah. my problem. I want my wife cleaned when she's soiled herself immediately. Absolutely. 
people. So then you have to look at why there isn't enough staff on the wards, in the care homes, because if you've got six staff on duty, which may be acceptable, but suddenly two people come in who need three or four people to look after them, bathe them, turn them, move them, you can't just suddenly have ten people on shift. So therefore, everybody is trying to work the maximum. So what do we do to change this then, B? I think, first of all, you've got to give more staff to ratio to, to, um, to clients. And then you've got to give more pay because, you know, for the work we do, you're talking of people's lives and we get paid a very poor wage. And what about, and I know it's a minority, but these people do exist. What about those carers that just don't care? Then I think absolutely I agree. If anybody doesn't care and is found to be neglectful in any way, then absolutely it's appalling. But, it, you know, but the main thing we need to be looking at, yes, is all the, um, you know, there is a lot of training. I don't know about just three days training because with me, I did years in, in, um, in university and I know our carers work really, really hard and have to do lots of intense training. Um, but I, I think it's got to be more ratio and more pay, much, much more pay to, to respect the work that we actually do. B, thank you very much indeed. We've got to move on because I want to get some other voices in. 08459 455 555. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What do you want to have a whinge about today? I was talking about, because you, you're talking about care homes, and I was going to add, add somebody to that. I, go on. I used to go and visit my sister in a couple of, couple of care homes some years ago now, but uh, there was one or two in there that really went the extra mile. I mean, there was a lady there who did little things extra than she was supposed to be doing. And I gave her a bottle of wine in there because she was doing things like, just the simple things like throwing a ball to the, the people all sitting around the room in their chairs. To, throwing a ball at people sitting around in a chair? It sounds like abuse. For, for them to catch. Oh, okay. It was, it was a so good game. it was making them react. They were reacting. Yes, I know. And because she was doing that, it was a little additional thing that she was doing. So and I thought to myself I didn't see that from many of the others and I, I, I gave her a bottle of wine and she said that's the first time anyone's ever done that. Oh, really? And and I was very moved because she was one who was going that extra mile for them. And yet it didn't matter. my sister was in a private one and she was in a uh, a, a public one if you like. Yeah. And uh there didn't seem to be any difference in standards, really, at all. I mean, I've, I've walked down a corridor and seen the bathroom door wide open and a lady sitting in a seat being bathed. Oh, dear, well, that's not appropriate, And I know, and that was a private home. Yeah, that's so not good. So it didn't make any sort of difference to which type it was at, at that time. Yeah. I don't know if it's improved, but I was told... I was told that there are now some areas where they have to bus staff in because they can't afford to live there. So you you worked that out in your own mind what is oh, going well. to happen there. Peter, one final thing before you go. Yeah. What did the cheese say to itself when it looked at itself in the mirror? Gorgon, no, 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 I don't know. No, I know, I thought, uh, yeah, it's a, Peter, thank you, it's a tough one. I know this. Lynn's in Hemel. Morning, Lynn. Hello, Ian. Lynn, what would you like to say? I'm so sad about this morning, because we're having the conversation again, aren't we, about the way other people are treated. We've done this before, yes. 
it just comes up time and time again. And I think, I know there's an argument that it's an invasion of privacy to have CCTV, but my understanding from some of your previous programmes is that it's only relatives that would be able to access it. Well, that, that would have to be, de- yes, defined. Who, who has access to it? And I guess one argument is only relatives could, uh, and perhaps the manager of the home as well. Yeah, maybe their doctor or something. Yeah. But I just think it's so sad that, I mean, I'm, I know your mum's in a home, bless her. I mean, I lost both my parents before I was 28, 30 years ago. Oh, dear. So I've never been in the position of having to do that. But I'm quite concerned because I haven't really got a family and I'm disabled and I might end up in a home you know and god forbid it's when we looked at homes my mum it was amazing some were um wonderful and the place she's in now is wonderful there's been a couple of issues but we've sorted that out pretty quickly some are flipping awful in and even when you when you walk in and you can either smell uh wee or disinfectant yeah. You know that that's probably, you know, the overwhelming smell of disinfectant or wee. That's not a great start. And some of them are, some of them are terrible. But there's no money. There's no money for these places. I don't think they... I think probably the government ought to do a bit more, because they're always prattling on a They can't. The, th- the reason the, go- I mean, the government have changed the rules ever so slightly, but the reason the government can't is because they know in 10, 15, 20 years' time, there's going to be a huge increase in the number of people that need care homes, because people are living longer, and there's a, there's a huge kind of boom waiting to happen in about 15, 20 years' time, and the government could never afford to pay that. I bet they can afford to pay for lots of other silly things, can't well, they? Well, Lynn, I agree. I, I, I personally... I, hey, let, let's put cards on the table. Let's get rid of Trident, shouldn't we? Let's get rid of Trident and put the money into... What is it, £70 billion, something like that? Let's put that into care homes. Huh? Imagine the kind of care homes we could have if we didn't use an outdated form of nuclear defence. I know, it's vaguely sixth-form politics, but... But... Will make a difference, wouldn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that. You can also send me a text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Let's go to uh, where? Oh, where? Annie. Hello. Hello, Annie. Um, Annie, do you know what? Well, no. You've asked. Do you actually want to know how I, how I am? Yes, I really do. Right. Okay, you've asked. Oh, fine, I'll tell you. I'm a little bit down at the moment. Oh, bless you. I'm really, I'm really, really tired. I've not been sleeping very well. I'm a little bit anxious. I'm a bit stressed, and I'm really annoyed that I I, I make up that my mobile phone company have deactivated my SIM card before I've received my new one, and that's making me kind of anxious and angry. Oh, bless so you. So that's that's how I am. You asked, and I've told you. Yes, but take big deep breaths. Yeah, and think that something else could be worse. Fair play, I could I could lose my legs on the way home. <laughs> oh God, that's even. Oh. Well, no, I feel terrible. Okay. What have you called in for, Annie? What well, have you got? Um, I'm listening to you today, and I only found you yesterday, and I am loving your show. Oh, that's Great. kind of you. What What were you listening to before yesterday, then? What? Rotten Old Radio 2. Oh, no, not that Muppet. The, yeah. gi- the, the ginger Muppet, as we like to call I him. Know. Oh, it was just dear. a case of being too lazy to move the dial. Well, well done you for, for finding a decent radio station. You're yeah. welcome. No, I, th- I said to them yesterday, 
if you speak a bottle what you're on, I'll take one. You ca- it's, it doesn't come in bottled form, but you can get... Ni- no, let's not, no. <laughs> anyway, what I'm talking so- about is your thing this morning about the care home. Yes, go on. And um, to put a twist on it, oh, yeah. if you go um, to the continent... The people there all look after their own families unless they're really, really ill. But I think we as a nation put our... come to a stage and they go, right, put them in a home. Yeah. And then, say, 20% look after their... Uh, parents in a home, but the 80% forget about them. There is there is a sig- significant number of people, I've seen it, where they put someone in a home and then that's that's kind of it. That's right. Uh, and I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, you're right, sometimes though, it's just not this sounds harsh saying it, but it's not compatible with our lives to look after our parents. If we've got kids, if we're working all the time, if they need that bit of extra care, it's not always doable, is it? No, I quite understand, and I know where you're coming from. I've had a melee of jobs through through my life, because I'm quite an old lady. No. You've got a very young voice. (laughs) Thank you very much. I would say 28. You. I love you even more. There we go. There we go. No, I did work in a care home for a very short time. Yes. And the reason I left is because I broke, it broke my heart for people that I was looking after to say, nobody cares about me. Mm. My parents don't care. And then you get somebody come in and their pe- mum or their dad hadn't been tidied up or what, and they used to just really blow these girls out the water. Yeah, so it, lo- it looked like they were, they were caring because they were making a big noise. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And I think uh, we're all at fault. Nobody's perfect. We're all at fault. But I think the whole system needs to be taken to pieces, bit by bit, and put back together. Look after the people that care. Look after every, that, the people that need to be cared. But remember, our lives and our, our thing ourselves, we should care a little bit more. That's all I'm going to say. Annie, here. I'll have some of that before I let you go. Yeah. What, what did the cheese say to itself when it was looking at itself in the mirror? Don't do this to me, because I've been trying No, I yeah, remember I, my... I've got a grandson who lives in Dubai. Yes. We've got a joke fest. Oh. He's only six, and I have to tell him a joke every time I talk to him. Oh, bless him. And he's told me this ages ago, yeah. and I really can't I heard remember. this age. Th- listen, great first call. Thank you very much for finding us and for, for leaving two and coming to three, as it were. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, very slow going between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Then on the speed sensors at the Clophill roundabout, both the A6 approaches looking heavy. At the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound starting to build up, but definitely quieter than usual at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. You are Alice Glossop and don't you ever forget it. She's good, isn't she? Aren't we lucky to have someone like her working on our show? Sounds sarcastic. I'm being genuine. Right, 7.47. It's Friday the 2nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House Home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama Investigation. Two Hertfordshire Conservative MPs have criticised the decision to expand London Luton Airport without a public inquiry. And firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. We'll talk to Margaret and Justin Dealey in a bit, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A bit of a murky start today. Quite cloudy generally, although there should be some breaks this afternoon, so the best of any sunshine will be later on. There are some showers around, but they're quite light and there really aren't that many, so for some of us it will be a dry day, but a little bit cloudy. Uh, a brisk northeasterly wind today with temperatures just about getting to 11 or 12 degrees Celsius, so quite cool for this time of year. And a cold, clear night to follow with a widespread frost and temperatures down to 3 or 4 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow we've got some sunny spells and lighter winds so quite a pleasant day but temperatures still struggling we're only looking at highs of 12 or 13 degrees celsius those temperatures do improve over the bank holiday weekend so we'll have some frosty mornings and frosty nights but it should be settled largely dry and fine with some sunny spells which could be hazy at times that's your latest forecast thank you georgina she's good as well Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting to introduce an American-type sentence in like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Margaret's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Margaret. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Margaret. What would you like to say? Well, about that lady who worked in a care home. Oh, yeah. Um, talking about money and that she'd been to university. Not once did she use the word empathy or compassion. I mean... Who cares if she's been to university? We need more people with compassion who's got feelings for these people. And she was saying they're overworked. Yes, we know they're overworked. But that doesn't mean to say you can slap them, hit them, oh, and I'm, beat them. Uh, yeah, and I'm, it was B we spoke to, and I'm sure B wouldn't, you know, would say it was inappropriate to ha- uh, hit them and, uh, and slap them. Of, co- of course she would. Of course not, but she didn't bring that up. But what is that mean? They're being hit. They're being ill-treated. A, f- a, 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 a really tiny minority. That's not to excuse oh, it. Of course that's inappropriate. Of course that's inappropriate. But I don't want to start scaring well, people. I know that it's a minority. Well, it is a minority. Well, Margaret, we of course don't. it's... No, we, 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 don't. we do. We do know that... A mo- it, face the facts. What's happening? What are, OK, what are the facts, Margaret? The facts are that old people are being hit and being mistreated. It's bad enough that there's not enough carers to go around to see to washing them, but there's no need to hit them. No, of course there's not. But what... what, You're talking about the facts. Yes, it's happening. But uh, another fact is... it's, uh, It's not the majority of old people that are being hit. Well, I'll tell you what's happening. Yes. People are turning against old people because we're being demonised. On the radio, in the papers, oh, we're bringing the country down on its knees because there's too many of us. Where have you heard and read that, Margaret? I've missed those stories. All they keep saying is that we're a drain. It's costing so much and it's going to cost even more in the future. There's too many of us. And a lot of old people now are finding a reaction with youngsters. They're being pushed in the queue. And 
I live in Milton Keynes, yes. and there's been old people on their mobility scooters and in wheelchairs that have actually been tipped over and laughed at. But when, when has that happened? I missed that story. No, that has happened. When? when? Because that's awful. When, when did that happen? We'll look into it. This is a few months ago. Yeah. And people have been sworn at in supermarkets. Because they're old and they're dra- a drain on resources. Well, I think it's um, a slow drip drip effect of keep complaining yeah. about how we're being. How we're draining society yeah. for living too long, and there's going to be more of us living even longer. Margaret, I've, I've got to cut you short there, not because I'm, I'm annoyed by the slow drain, drip, drip of you, uh, but because I've got to get Justin in. If that's true, if old people... I'd miss that story. If old people are being tipped out of their wheelchairs and laughed at because they're old, well, that's... Um, that's awful. Maybe you could shed some light on that. Give us a call. I'll give you the phone number in a few minutes. We've been talking about Houghton Regis this week, the home of the big tour. Well, it, it's not had the best week in the big tour, has it, Justin? Oh, Ian, it's been a dreadful week. I mean, most places we go to, we go to a different town or village every single week. We normally get a, a glowing reference. This place is absolutely fantastic because um, all we've been reporting this week about Houghton Regis is, is to be quite frank, bad news stories. Yes. Um, people here saying it's a, it's a no-go area. Um, not great reports at all, got to be said. So um, this morning, I'm here in Houghton Regis. Uh, the feature is called Happy Houghton. Where exactly? Exactly, are you? Because you're there until nine o'clock. Yep. Uh, so, people, if people want to come down and see you, where are they? Where are you? I'm just outside the main square. I'm currently in the Morrison's car park. We've got a 30 foot aerial sticking out of the the roof of the radio car. You cannot miss us. So, uh, in the interest of yeah, good morning to you, sir. Uh, in the interest of fairness, uh, we're here this morning to find out what makes people happy in Houghton Regis. Again, it's not going particularly well, Ian. Here's what's been going on. Sue, good morning. We are live in Houghton Regis this morning. You can see our radio car. Do you like my mast? It's lovely. Yeah, it's very big, isn't it? So, <laughs> tell me, what makes you happy about House and Regis? I live here. <laughs> Apart from that? Uh, Morrison's. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, you could live anywhere. There's Morrison's everywhere. Come on, what's great about House and Regis? What's the standout feature? Uh, I haven't got a clue. What, you give me a clue. <laughs> well, you live here. You only just. Yeah. I've just moved here. You want to move out, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Dear. Thanks very much. Simon, House and Regis, here we are. Look at it, it's hustle, it's bustle. What makes you happy about House and Regis? Um, the new shopping centre, the new shopping centre that's opened up, um, the new um, roadway, it's um, safer. Yeah. Uh, the roadway? Yeah, the new, the new road layout. Yeah. It's not something you're going to be talking about to your friends across the world, is it? I mean, come on, what makes you happy about House and Regis? I think of anything. Jackie, what makes you happy about House and Regis? If there's one lady who can say something good about this place, I can see that cheeky smile. It's you. <laughs> What's so good about House and Regis? I think the community spirit. I think um, people care for one another. We get to see a lot of people because we run this market store once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a community, it's a charity thing, and we get to, to meet a lot of people. Yeah. And you often hear people talking about one another, and I know people think that's quite a horrible thing sometimes. But you hear people saying, "Oh yeah," and then when I went in, he was on the floor, so I phoned the ambulance. And I often hear people talking about how they've helped one another out and. Yeah. Um, things like that. So I think there is a strong community spirit in Hathaway. Excellent. That's a, a good point. The only good point so far. If I had a gold star, I would give you a gold star. Well, thank you very much. <laughs>
You should have had a gold star, Justin. Yeah, you got someone there with you, have you? Yes, um, Chris, meet Ian. Ian, meet Chris. Uh, Chris has arrived here at our radio car. He well, wants to tell you something good about Houghton Regis. Come on, Chris. Morning, morning Ian. Morning, Chris. What well, go on, Chris? Um, I've lived in Houghton all my life. Yeah. People knock it. They've always knocked it. But there's a lot going on in Houghton. If you go out and look for it, you've got a lot of clubs. You've got Horticultural Society, Women's Institute, Monday Club for the Blind, over 50s clubs, over 60s clubs. Well, there's, so far, there's, there's, there's only one of those clubs I can attend. Right, Youth Club. Again, there's still only one club I can attend. Um, there, there is lots going on. Why do you uh, think it gets such a bad press, then? A lot of it is peer pressure in that. Houghton's always had a bad name. There's certain people that like and thrive that bad name, and they don't want to get away from it. So it's like, you're from Houghton, you're hard, let's continue it. You're from Houghton, you're hard, let's continue it. But you're saying it's actually it's a pretty decent place. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, everything at the minute is on the up. People say about you've got the new Morrisons, you've yeah. had the ice street developed, you've got the two link roads coming in, you've got the leisure centres doing well, you've got the swimming pool reopening. Boom. Um, well, the, the council do a fantastic job. There's lots of activities. There's uh, Mayfair on the Village Green tomorrow. We had a pancake race. Great magazine. Well, listen, I'm glad. Listen, yeah. thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got a positive spin. Justin, you're going to be there uh, for the next hour or so. If people want to yeah. come down, they, they can and, and tell you what's good about Houghton. He was good, that fella. Mm, he was good. And uh, again, in the interest of fairness, all we've heard is bad stories all week about Houghton Regis. Um, we're live here this morning until nine, just outside the square, currently in the Morrison's car park, in the radio car. Come and see me. If you have something good to say about where you live, don't sit at home, get changed, come and see me and tell Bad Tarts and Bugs. Daily, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. We've just got time to squeeze in Laura. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. What did the cheese say as, as it gazed at itself in the mirror? Hello, me. I don't think so. <laughs> hello, me. Yes, that's right. No, you said hello, me. Hello, me. Hello, me. Hello, me. Hello, me. Ba boom. It's a joke, Ian. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, Ian. Not, uh, it, it, it was lost on my nine-year-old son as well. Laura, knock-knock. <laughs> Who's there? Alex. Alex who? I'll explain later. Just get me out of here. <laughs> I've got one. Knock-knock. Go on. Oh, no, sorry. Who's there? Interrupting cow. <laughs> Say it. No, interrupting cow. No! Oh, for goodness sakes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414 heavy going in both directions between the centre of town and Hartingford Bury. In Stevenage, Martins Way also slow going as you head towards the A1M at the Hitchin Road. And we've got some delays in Bedford. The Bromham Road, quite slow as you go towards the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Gosh. We really have, um, I believe the phrase, jumped the shark. But a big shark made of cheese. (laughs) A cheese shark, if you will. Let's get the news. Here's Simon Oxley. Take your time, Simon. I need a wee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. The headlines, Luton Care Home proposing surveillance cameras, firefighters back on strike at midday and Hertfordshire MPs criticise Luton Airport decision. BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House Home in Marsh Road. It follows a BBC Panorama investigation which showed abuse and neglect of patients at one of its homes in Croydon. Emma Carr from Big Brother Watch isn't convinced. We've seen with CCTV in terms of antisocial behaviour and general crime, it doesn't necessarily change people's behaviour, it just moves it to different areas where there isn't CCTV. Um, so I think, as I've said, I think it's all about changing the culture of the care home, getting the best people in there to look after the elderly and the disabled, getting the best training and, and, and making sure there's measures when people can report when there is wrongdoing going on. Firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue has denied union claims that crews in the county won't be partially paid for the remainder of their shifts. Bedfordshire's Paul Fuller is president of the Chief Fire Officers Association. I think any circumstances in which the ability of the fire service to respond to emergencies is going to put the public at risk to some extent. We will do our best over the weekend to minimise that risk. And we'd like obviously some help from the public in doing that by asking them to be a bit more vigilant around the home. If a major incident is declared, we have a procedure by which we can recall firefighters that are involved in industrial action. Two Hertfordshire Conservative MPs have criticised the decision to expand London Luton Airport without a public inquiry. The MP for Hitchin and Harpenden, Peter Lilly, says he tried to persuade Secretary of State Eric Pickles to call in the application and has described the conditions laid down on aircraft noise as very watered down. Stevenage MP Stephen McPartland says it was an important opportunity for a transparent and independent public inquiry. The Sinn Féin President Gerry Adams has spent a second night in police custody at Antrim in connection with the murder by the IRA more than 40 years ago. Jean McConville was dragged from her home in West Belfast in 1972 and never seen again. A man from Luton who stabbed his sister-in-law to death will be sentenced for murder today. John Evans attacked 70-year-old May Evans at the wheel of her car in Trent Road last November. More from Lee Agnew. Luton Crown Court was told that John Evans' brother had married May Evans just six weeks before her death. He was going to see if his late mother's house had been put up for sale when he saw Mrs Evans getting into her car. It was then he carried out the fatal attack. The 56-year-old has already pleaded guilty to murder. In sport, Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth says he firmly believes they can avoid relegation to the conference. On the final day of the season tomorrow, Ainsworth's side must win at Torquay and hope Northampton or Bristol Rovers lose. The weather, any early rain, will soon die out, leaving a dry day with sunny spells. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. And you've got your friends here as well, you see, that's right. It's growing all the time and lots of new developments happening and stuff. It's all about where you live. The view from my home, which looks out over Thornturn across the fields. And all this week, we're featuring Houghton Regis. Pasture and enjoy the experience. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Other words? It's nearly four minutes past eight. On Friday, the weekend starts in 56 minutes, kids. 
Lots to talk about between now and then, though, of course. Care homes. How do we improve the care in homes? Is it by installing CCTV cameras? Or does the whole industry need to kick up the backside? Firefighters are going on strike again over the weekend. Oh, really? Oh, and anything else you fancy talking about. We're trying to find good stories about Houghton Regis. Got any? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, please do. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some texts here. Uh, Leslie in Watford says, Please tell Margaret that old people do their share of abuse too. Margaret was um, saying that old people are being abused. One girl had a verbal swipe at me because fat people are all on benefits and it's disgusting she has to pay for them. She found herself being corrected by yours truly in double quick time. Sadly, it's not just happening uh, in elderly care, uh, but with people with learning and physical disabilities too. I've worked in social care for over 27 years. I'm in the process of changing my career because I can't stand the poor practices that still go on. And some managers are no better as they collude too. Let me do... Um, I, I tell you what, we've got three more. I'll do those in a little bit. Let's, uh, let's speak to a guest first. The, thir- the country's third largest care home operator, which runs a facility in Luton, is seriously considering installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 is consulting people living in all its homes, including Milliner House in Marsh Road, following an investigation on this week's BBC Panorama. The firm owns one of the care homes where residents were shown being abused and neglected and wants to offer greater reassurance and protection. The suggestion is they'd be offering cameras on an opt-in basis. Well, Chris Ryan is the Managing Director of St Andrew's Care Homes in Bedford. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. What do you reckon about this idea of having opt-in cameras? Um, I'm very wary of it, to be honest. I think it's, it is a solution to a problem, but it's, it's not the solution. You, you can't have a, a process by which, you know, always that um, people are being um, supervised and watched... Um, in every moment of every day, um, because it's, it's missing the point. Um, it's, if you want to improve care with people, um, and clearly it needs, needs improving, there's no doubt at all. You know, you, you watched the, the, the Panorama programme the other day, and what, what was going on there was, was just appalling, um, and it shouldn't be happening. Um, but, the, but the way you go about managing that has got to be an element of supporting people to get it better as well as just trying to be um you know um you know big brother watching you every time we'll, we'll talk in a second chris about ways we can improve the system because you're right it, it, it does need to be improved significantly but while we've got the system we've got at the moment if rogue carers know that a resident has a camera in their room that, that's seen by maybe let's say the care home manager and the the the, the, the family then they won't be abusive, will they? Because they know that there is a potential they will be seen. Yeah, I, I think I think you're making the point there. If, if you've got a rogue carer who is out there to abuse people, um, then then you're right. In in the room, they know there's a camera. They're not going to abuse that person. You're quite right. But you but this this suggestion is that it's, it's an opt-in option. So people were going to choose to put cameras in their rooms, 
Um, and there's an awful lot of um, issues around how you go about that choice. Mm. If you've got somebody who is confused um, in a bedroom, how, what choice do they have? Well, I guess you'd ask someone with um, power of attorney, if, if someone's got power of attorney yeah, in the family. But there have been lots of situations where they don't. No, of course. Um, and, um, and in that situation, you know, in a situation like that, we have to get um, local authority, we have to be involved, we have to do things like called best interest assessments, all these kind of things. It becomes very complicated. It, it, it becomes complicated, and, you, and you're still not dealing with the issue. You've still got that road carer who, in your mind, is somebody who's out there to abuse. And I, I really don't think that that is actually the position in most situations. No. I think what's happening here is that you've got um, people who are at the end of their tether. Um, the staff are being um, stretched in all different directions. They're exhausted. Um, they lose their compassion for the people that are in their care. And when they do that, they, they can potentially hit out. Now, there's, there's no excuse for that. Um, and it should never happen. And a camera may well be a way of catching somebody who is in that, who does something like that. You had one, uh, one of your workers was uh, sent to prison, weren't they? For, because they were caught sleeping with the use of a, of a camera that you installed. Well, um, well not quite. Now, we, we had a, a situation where we, uh, our staff brought to our attention that they were concerned that something was going on that we wouldn't be happy about. So we immediately went into the home um, at, at night um, and, but the, and the manager went in, found the staff asleep um, and took a photograph of them to prove that they were asleep. Um, so we, we hadn't gone to the point of fitting a camera. To be honest, if we'd, had to, if we'd wanted to go down that route, it would have taken us longer to, in, to get it installed um, and to have dealt with the situation. And, this, and it could have, you know, from, from knowing about it, it could have continued longer than it needed to. Um, we were able to respond immediately um, with that situation, get in, um, prove that there was something going wrong, and, um, and then... And then we supported the um, the police and the authorities in in getting this um, dealt with. So what do we what do we do to improve the the system then, Chris, to make sure that that carers don't go rogue? How long have you got? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's you know th- th- this is a whole society issue. We've got to look at the whole way we're looking at it, and it's not just about care homes either. I mean, if you're you know we know that, you know, that unfortunately there are situations in care homes where situ- this sort of thing's happening, but it's happening in hospitals as well. It's happening in people's own homes. Um, and um, and where you know if, like why pick on a care home? You need to. We need to look at the whole way the whole of society views how we care for our older older generation because it is absolutely critical we get this right because we're all going to get old. Um, but there are but there are people out there now who are old and vulnerable and need our support immediately. So what the what the thing, thing things you can do? Um, there's a lot of work going on at the moment about building um, on returning people to the word of compassion. You know you, you think it would be an obvious thing to say that um, people who work in care need to be compassionate, um, but the but the NHS is is starting a whole new program of trying to rebuild compassion in the workplace and and remind people of what it is that why they came into care and why they're there so there are um and so when we can train people in that we can work with them to build their own individual resilience so that they understand that when they get to the end of a shift and they're tired and they're exhausted and that resident who has been calling out all day for the same thing um because they in their world that is the most important thing to them that then don't get exhausted and and and, mm. and respond in an inappropriate way to them we give them the chance to understand that and you can do that so and another things we're doing is we're involved in a pilot 
um, with the National Skills Academy um, and Skills for Care, which are the big national organisations which help us develop staff, um, in how we recruit staff as well. So we're, we're doing um, a little survey of people to try and work out um, the sort of personality profile to see whether they fit a profile that is more in tune with somebody that is caring. Um, which, you know, again, is something that um, hasn't been done before. Mm. You know, it's, this, is, um, it's, this is a relatively new uh, idea to try and actually fit people to the type of people who are good carers. Do we need to pay more money, Chris? Yes, we do. Absolutely. I think there's, uh, there's a whole issue around the, 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 the managing of the finance of all of this. Um, your the, the government are, as, as we know, you know, struggling to finance anything at the moment. Um, but the, they, they don't look at the care... Um, sector in the realistic way that I think it needs to be. Um, they will always say that there are different ways of providing care, and yes, there are. You can keep them in the community longer, um, and you can put them into extra care housing schemes, which are a good choice for a lot of people. Um, but in those situations, you're still dealing with individuals being uh, having care provided for them, um, and they they need that those carers need the support to be able to um, to to feel valued in the job that they do. And, it, and the more we value the people that are doing this work, and some of that is about how you pay them. If they recognise that they are being paid well for the job that they're doing, then um, that will give them a sense of, um, of well-being and hopefully improve the sense that, you know, that, that, that will make the, them feel better and therefore they deliver care better. But some of it, some of it is about numbers. Mm. You know, we, we need more money in the system so that we can bring in more staff. Um, so that we can rotate people around, you know, so if, if somebody's getting tired, a member of staff can take a step back and somebody else can, can go in and work with them so that it doesn't become an issue. Chris, it's always good to talk. I appreciate your time. And, you know, Chris is one of the good guys. You kind of f- f- feel optimistic if, if people like him, he's the managing director of St Andrew's Care Homes in Bedford, if people like him uh, are in the industry, then there's, you know, there's hope. And I think there are people, a lot of people like him. Uh, Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning. What would you like to say? Well, surely we should have a... a oh, it's Steve! You've not called him for ages! No, I keep them away from you. You annoy me. Yeah, <laughs> you, and you, uh, you um, excite me, Steve. Oh, I bet I do. Hopefully not in that way, though. <laughs> in, ev- in every way imaginable, Stephen. No, anyway, right. They should have a selection system for six months to, to weed out the people that can't properly care. Surely you should put them under stress and monitor them for six months like they do, you know, things in the army, you have selection, they should have a selection system. So when you do get people looking after your relatives... Hang on a minute, so what, a stress test? What do you mean, how would you do a stress test? Well, no, put me to... You lock them in the room and tell them that you've kidnapped their parents? (laughs) No, those are stupid, you twit. (laughs) Well, what do you do then? Well, no, you put them in a situation, you have scenarios of, you know, what these patients are going to be like and put them under stress and see if they can take it. If they get angry and annoyed, you know, it's not for everybody. It seems that Tom, Dick and Harry can be a carer in any care home at the end of the day. And also, as for the money, why is it that a care home can get £700 a week for someone, yet as you as a relative, if you look after your your relative or whatever, you might only get 120 quid. I mean, surely, if they can pay a care home 700 quid, why not pay a relative 350 quid a week to look after their own parents? I'm, I'm, Stephen, you've really confused me. Can I tell you why? Well, go on then, that's not hard. I'm agreeing with you. Yes, I know. You've been calling me for nearly two years, and I, I, for the first time, I'm agreeing with you. But you should agree with all the rest of what I believe in. No, the rest, the the rest of it's a load of old tosh, but today, (laughs) Steve, thank you. Oh, that's confused me, Kath. I can see the confusion all over your face. Wow. That was Stephen Luton, yeah? Yeah, it was Stephen Luton.
That was actual Stephen Luton. He wasn't an imposter. I, I agree with what he said. Nuts! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors leaving Newport Pagnall, the London Road heavy going as you head towards the M1 at Junction 14. Also, all approaches to the Park Street roundabout looking very heavy at the moment. Elsewhere in Hartford, we've still got delays on the A414. That slows you head towards Hartingfordbury from the centre of town. On the M25, anti-clockwise, slow going around Junction 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, I was just I was just telling my my woes to Jonathan Vernon Smith. Is it something you could you think you could scrap everybody from eleven <laughs> o'clock on the consumer hour? You want me to deal with your consumer? Problem. I need you to deal with my phone. For, forget your, your dodgy cars and and your, your leaking roofs and all of that kind of. Can you make it do my phone? I don't see anything wrong with that. What? Oh, with doing that. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting. Def- I'm defensive. I'm sorry. Aren't was- you? Look at you. Sorry. I'm ready to pounce. <laughs> I apologise. Okay. Lovely. Well, that, that's okay. that sorted then. We'll yeah. find out what else is on the show in a second. Right now it's eight seventeen. It is uh, Friday. The uh, oh, it's the second of May already. Fantastic. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama investigation. Firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. And two Hertfordshire Conservative MPs have criticised the decision to expand Luton Airport without a public inquiry. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's nice people, there's nice shopping area. We live down near the green and it is nice. Inviting everyone to where you live. On a whole, it's great. We both play bowls at the bowls club, which is nice, social side. Where I live it's nice, you've got a good community spirit. It's becoming a bit more villagey and... Uh, better community spirit and all this week we're featuring Houghton Regis I think it's a lovely place I really do if you've got a story everyone should hear about let us tell them about it fantastic library service here actually one of the best the big tour of beds hearts and bucks Houghton Regis is a growing town and it's good for the future I couldn't really see myself living anywhere else BBC Three Counties Radio here we are so tell me all about your consumer problem without naming any company names. Right. Well, uh, it's my. Can I mention the company name? No. Well, my phone company. Yes. Why can I not just say? No. I want compensation for this. No, I don't deal with compensation. I don't think this is going to work. I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm sensing you. You're itching to name the company, and you want compo. I'm not doing it. 
well, I don't listen to your show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it the fella that did that, that got funny with you? And uh, It was a oh, parking I've, one, wasn't it? Oh, I've had several <laughs> over the years. There was one the other day where it was a really good story about he got a ticket because he was like half an inch over a line or something. And then he said, oh, yeah, I don't listen to the show. I've not listened to it for ages. Oh, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> you said, well, in that case, I'm not dealing with your problem. Yeah. There was one a few years ago, before you joined the station, actually, yes. that was probably the most awkward. Oh. It was uh, when I had to give this, this consumer some bad news oh he turned on me on air uh he turned on me and he said that he d- he didn't like me he didn't like the program Gosh. didn't like the way we operate well, yes. he went for me on air wow it was uh it was a, a, quite a moment you can see sometimes why the consumers that come on why they're having problems with companies <laughs> it's not always the company's fault is it no no not always sometimes it's coming from uh, from those bad boys no, there's, there's no doubt and i and i try to be fair yes. when i do my consumer hour yeah. and i recognize that there are some terrible companies out there that rip consumers off yep. and i must fight for those consumers who yep. have been ripped off but i also approach it from the fact that there are some consumers who are complete nightmares yeah yeah for some customer uh, for some companies and and those are my favorite ones and those nightmare customers end up at my program demanding things that they're not entitled to yeah and i tell them Otherwise, it's not fair on all those retailers, is it? All over beds, hearts and it's bucks. It's genuinely one of my favourite hours of radio in the week. I love it. I love it so much. Do you? Yeah, and I kind of leave here normally about 11, quarter past 11. So it's, it's what I'm listening to as I drive home. Ah. I love it. Well, we've got some good ones today. Excellent. But you might need to tune in a bit earlier today. Why? Well, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the loot and rat problem. Oh, yes. I went yesterday to the block of flats. Oh, no, really? I'm not sure I made myself terribly welcome. Why? Well, you'll find out after 10. You're supposed... You're supposed to be there to help the... Luton is the rat capital you're, of Europe. You're, you'll have to know. tune in after ten. Oh, no, Jonathan. <clears throat> what have you done? What's coming let's, up... Let's the, uh, put it like this. Yes. I think some of the residents would rather live with the rats than me. Oh, dear. This is the story that we started. He's going to muff it up. <clears throat> yeah. I look forward to listening to that. What's happening at nine? Coming up on the big phone-in this morning from nine, do you think care homes should put CCTV in residents' rooms? The third biggest care home company in the UK is considering introducing CCTV into residents' rooms. I've been listening with great interest to you discussing yes. this this morning, In HC1, who manage a care home in Luton, they say that they would install cameras on an opt-in basis. Well, this move has come after a BBC Panorama investigation broadcast this week revealed neglect and abuse in one of their homes. Whether you work in a care home, you live in a care home, or you have a family member who's in a care home, this morning from nine, I want your views and your experiences. Do you think care homes should put CCTV in residents' rooms? Call me on 08459 455 555. It's the big phone-in from nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I shall be listening... Um, it's a little bit tricky to listen at night because we're working so furiously upstairs. Uh, yeah, we're doing that. Uh, but I'm going to be listening at ten. He's just told me some of the stuff that's coming up and it does sound um, pretty awesome. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. We're talking about care homes. We're talking about should CCTV cameras be installed, and also kind of widening it out a bit. It, 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 if CCTV cameras aren't the way forward, then how do we improve 
the care that goes on in care homes. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Hello. Now, we, yeah. we know for, the, for a long time, before your wife very sadly passed, quite recently, she was in the care home, wasn't she? Yes, yes, she was in there for two years. And how, how, did, how was she looked after, do you think? Absolutely marvellous. Yeah. Marvellous carers. And uh, I still say, Ian, we should go back, to the, go back to the roots again and let all the councils take over the care homes again. Because we've now got care homes with people that are not interested. They're only interested in making the money. £800 a week, average. And that's big money. And, and my mate Steve said a great thing about uh, why why do they pay so much to these care homes? And yet I looked after my Margaret for six years, and I was on pittance. All right, I had the carers still come in twice a twice a, a day, but they were still doing it cheap. If you have your parents at home, and if they pay the people the proper wages, but and I don't if they paid Matt, if they paid the people. Yes. The proper wages. And if they paid all the people who look at, who care for family members at home a decent wage, yes. the country would go bankrupt. They just could not afford it. Is that what you, you think? That? Oh, it's right, because there are so many people. Carers who care for their family at home, I don't remember the figure, but they save the country tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of pounds. Yeah. yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's right, I'm saying it's sad, yeah. but that's the truth. But the, the other thing is the camera business. I don't agree with that at all. You don't think there should be cameras no, in there? No way, no way. Why not? You, you take, you're taking away, like where we were in, 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 in our home, in the, the care home, we had a terrific manageress, and yeah. he was, she scrutinised all her carers, and they were brilliant. Now, if, if there was a camera, A, they'd have to get your permission, and B, only you and the care home manager would see it. Yes, yes, and it could be clouded too. You could still, they'd still find ways to get over the camera. Well, you might, you might be right, Matt. I've got to move on. Always good to talk to you. I think we were almost in agreement there. That has to stop. We'll change that next week. Uh, Wickham are in grave danger of losing their football league status this weekend after 21 years as a league club. The Wanderers face being relegated to the conference, along with tomorrow's opponents, Torquay. We can speak to Wickham director Matt Cecil. Morning, Matt. Morning, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm OK. What, what, do, what do Wickham need to, to achieve and to happen elsewhere for them to stay up? Well, I mean, last weekend's results were so unexpected and went against us so badly. Uh, it's now out of our hands. Oh. Respect that we must win at Torquay and hope that either Northampton lose at home to Oxford or Bristol Rovers lose at home to uh, Mansfield. And so. what, what are the chances of that? You, you, you sound, you know, pretty deflated as it is. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've, we've been the whole season without dropping into the relegation zone, and then with one game to go, we find ourselves in there um, facing this uphill struggle now to get out of it. So I think everyone's kind of shocked, and certainly after last Saturday's game, we were feeling deflated. Um, and then throughout the week, I think there's been just a growing optimism that, that something could happen. Uh, we've got quite a good record down in Devon. Um, so, you know, as, as getting our end of the bargain... Um, I think I'm quite comfortable about and quite confident that we can get the win. It's just whether uh, our former manager, Gary Waddock, former Luton man, of course, he's now in charge at Oxford. Uh, it would be great if he could do us a favour <laughs> to send them down. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, relegation for the club, I, uh, what would that mean exactly? Well, I mean, the, the first thing would just be an immediate cost-cutting, really. Um, I mean, being a football league club, we get a lot of grants um, and money from the football league. Um, 
and and that kind of disappears once you disappear into the conference. So, um, you know, we, we would have to look straight away at, at the budgets and just make sure that we cut our class accordingly and. Uh, you know, make, make sure that we can strive to break even whatever division we're in. That's the aim. Um, and well, you've been struggling for funds for a while as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're one of only four clubs in the country which are owned by our supporters, um, which means there's nobody pumping money in and keeping us bankrolled. We really do have to you know, make the most of every penny that we've got. And that has been a struggle um, since the supporters trust took over a couple of years ago. So it has been an ongoing battle to, uh, to stay afloat. The guys in charge have done a brilliant job of you know, making sure that we, we've still got a club. Um, obviously, the aim was to stay in the Football League and to grow this season. Um, it's proved hard for you know, a number of reasons. We find ourselves in danger of slipping out. But whatever happens, um, the Trust are doing everything they can to ensure we have a club, whether that's in the Football League or in the Conference. You've got um, quite a few players as well, haven't you, who are going to be out of contract at the end of the yeah. season? Yeah, I think regardless of whether we stay up or go down, it's a great chance for the manager to to assess the squad that he's got. I think there's only five players under contract for next season, so everybody else um, there's a question mark over and the manager will have to choose which of those he believes can uh, improve the squad next season. And, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of opportunities to bring in new players, uh, some fresh blood, who hopefully will make sure this sort of season never happens again. Matt, I wish you the very best of luck. I hope things go Thank your you. way. Thank you very much. There we go. Wickham Director Matt Cecil, 08459 555 Got an email about Houghton Regis. Don't forget, Justin Dealey is at Houghton Regis. He's in the Morrison's car park. He's looking for your good Houghton stories. So uh, uh, go and find him and uh, tell him your good Houghton stories. Jenny says, Ian, stop giving Houghton Regis a bad press. Although we do not live in the town, my daughter chose to go to the UTC. It's the best engineering college by far locally, leading the way with STEM subjects. Go see for yourself. There we go. A good story. Let's see if we can get some more before nine. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford on the speed sensors, the Bromham Road are heavy going as you head towards the centre of town from Biddenham. Also in Luton at the Kidneywood Roundabout, the London Road heavy going as you approach the motorway. In Hartford, things still looking busy on the A414. That's slow going as you head towards the centre of town from the A10. And in Chesant, on the A10 itself, southbound is queuing as you approach the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I'm about to retweet a picture that was apparently on the Daily Mail website of me, right? Daily Mail Online. I look quite good in this picture, I think. Here's a showbiz secret. I'm actually holding my stomach in while the picture was taken, and I still look massive. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama investigation. Firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions and two Hertfordshire Conservative MPs have criticised the decision to expand London Luton Airport without a public inquiry. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth says he firmly believes they can avoid relegation to the conference on the final day of the season tomorrow. Ainsworth's side must win at Torquay and hope Northampton or Bristol Rovers lose. Nothing to lose. We've got to go down Torquay and win. Hopefully get a favour from uh, either Mansfield or Oxford and uh, I believe it can happen. I always believe it will. Positive has is, is been my year, my, my life for 40 years and uh, I'm not going to stop now. So I'm firmly believing that there'll be a twist. Watford round off their season with a 12-15 kick-off at home to Huddersfield in the Championship. Having missed out on the playoffs, leading scorer Troy Deeney is being linked with a move to promoted Burnley, managed by his former Hornets boss, Sean Dyche. Obviously everybody in their craft wants to be the best of what they could do and you want to be the best reporter you could be. So, you know, you want to go and work for whoever it is that you, you see yourself working in long future. But I'm not in a position to affect what happens. So I don't have to worry about it. All I could do is score goals and if the club decides to sell me, they sell me. If the club decides to keep me, they keep me. Either way, my, my perspective doesn't change. Milton Keynes-Dons aim for a first home win since February against Leighton Orient at Stadium MK. Also in League One, Graham Westley's already relegated Stevenage finished their season at promoted Brentford. I've spent a lot of time this week getting ready for next season. Obviously one of the benefits, if you can call it a benefit, of getting relegated early and going into you know a lower league is that I've, I've known probably for longer than anybody else exactly what we're going to be doing next year. So I've had to make sure that I can use that as an advantage and, and get ahead of the game. And in the semi-finals at the World Snooker, Mark Selby leads the world number one, Neil Robertson, 5-3. Defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has a 6-2 advantage over Barry Hawkins. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm just watching two idiots next door. What on earth are you doing? For goodness sakes. We're reenacting the picture that you've just tweeted. Oh, you cheeky, rude... Huh? Kath was being... Is that, for the, is that for the Instagram, for Instagram page? I'm not plugging that page anymore. For Instagramming and leash. Not plugging that page anymore. Not plugging that page anymore. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Last 30 minutes of the show. It's the last 30 minutes of the big tour in Houghton Regis. Justin Dealey is there. We need to find some good stories about Houghton Regis. Oh, gosh, someone's just tweeted me. They've had the same problem with their phone. It took them 10 months to get it sorted. Oh, flipping egg. I'm going to be without a phone for 10 months. Furious. Furious. I should make some phone calls today and get absolutely nowhere. Ken's in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, Aaron. Ken, what you got for me, boss? Listen, Yeah. when I was going round with my wife to sort a nursing home out for her mother, yes. I often wondered, if all these people are understaffed, how would they get... Sorry, rest? what happened there? Did you just fall down the, the phone? No. Oh. That's your lot. It's not my lot, it's your lot. Anyway, listen. Whose lot? I wondered how... What's your favourite cheese? What's your favourite cheese? I don't really have a favourite cheese. Well, wh- which one do you like the most? Just cheddar. Okay. I'm Do- not, you know, into all that. You're not into all that? What do they call it? Uh, uh, bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's- Cottage cheese isn't a cheese, is it? Well, I don't know. Well, no, it's not. How could it be a cheese? It's in. It comes um, in a plastic tub. Well, there you are. I call anything anything nowadays. Well, you you can do, can't you? And that's the problem. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, do, I agree. What have you called in for, Kim? Why are you talking about cottage cheese, you lunatic? What me? That was you. What me? It was you. 
Oh. Yeah, you started it. Liz. What? Did you st did you start this off? Sorry? Did you start this off? Sorry? We're having an argument here. What? Ian thinks I started the argument. He didn't say he didn't. So you did. All right. The wife don't like cheese. What's her name? Liz. 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 Liz! Hello? Liz? Yes? Keep out of this. Why? Don't, don't keep out of this. Stop. Ken's phone up to try and make a serious point, and you're talking about cottage cheese. Cottage cheese isn't even a cheese. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Liz? What's that? How on earth do you put up with Ken? Um, pass. Yeah, I know. Listen, um, <laughs> cough once if he's keeping... Shut up, Ken! <laughs> cough once if he's keeping you there against your will. I can't do that, because he's a lovely man, really. Okay. He cares about okay. people. Yeah, OK. Uh, I, I, I think Ken is pointing a gun at Liz's head. We'll send the police round anyway. <laughs> Liz, <laughs> let me speak to your silly husband, please. OK. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Morning. That's why I married her. Yay. Ken, so tell me about cottage... Uh, tell me about care homes. Well, when we was going round... And they were saying, oh, we're understaffed and all that. I thought, well, if there's a fire, how long would it take them to get them out? Yeah. Hello? Hello? She's done it again. What? What's going... Is what? that Catherine? No, what on earth? Liz, Liz was listening to your conversation. No. Yeah! She always does that. Unbelievable. I'm censored. So, Ken, what's your favourite cheese? Gorgonzola. Thank you very much indeed. Harriet's in Ainsley. What? Oh, Alsey. Ainsley Hello. Harriet's in Alsey. Harriet? Hello. Hello, Harriet. Oh, hello, it's Harriet. Hello. What's going on with the what is going on? Hello, is that Harriet? Yeah. Good to you're you're tiny Harriet, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. A bit, you're a bit wheezy today as well. Yeah, I'm just a bit asthma. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. You're right. You sound a bit... You sound a bit off. I'm fine. It sounds like you've got a cob on. A, a cob on? Have you got a cob on? What's a cob on? Are you Mardi? No. Okay. What? Are you grumpy? No. Okay. You just... Okay. Okay. What have you got for us, uh, Harriet, who's definitely not grumpy? <laughs> ah, there we go. Thank you. Yes. What have you got for us? Um, first you look... Um, my grandma um, had to go into a care home eventually um, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And um, we kept her at home as long as we could. But she, she lived an hour's drive from our house when I was living with her mum in, in uh, Cambridge. And she lived in Tewin. And we were driving pretty much every day as much as we could to go and make sure she was eating and stuff. And it was just, you know, we were so worried that she wasn't eating. Eventually, we had to move her into a home. We've had, it, we've had it. Sorry to interrupt. We've had a couple of people who who have said that we should be caring more for for our relatives while they're mm. at home instead of putting them in care homes. Is that is that yeah. kind of rankled you a bit? No, not at all. Because we we would have done if it had been. I mean, the trouble was, my mum works about eighty nine hours a week because she's a teacher, and she's now an assistant head teacher, which means she does basically three people's jobs in yeah. one go. Yeah. And um, we were, because of the distance between us and where Grandma lived and Grandma wanting to stay in her own house, 
which is understandable. It was a decision that she was totally in control of. She wanted to go into this home, which she did, and it was fantastic. Yeah. We, we, we are still donating money to them because they were so good and they looked after her so well. So I think it's really sad that it's not the case in all the homes in the country. Yeah. Oh, it is sad. It is sad. And it, we, we've mm. got the pay system in this country completely screwed, where people who oh, are doing, yeah. uh, you know, thoroughly important and uh, uh, jobs that involve the uh, protection and looking after of vulnerable people get paid a pittance, and yet I do Absolutely. this nonsense and I'm doing all right. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You called it about Happy Houghton as well. Yes, I did. Go um, on. Uh, there's a very lovely lady in Houghton Regis called Oksana, and she lives with her husband... And together they own and run Helicopteriers, which is Helicopteriers. Yes. It's a home for um, small rodents, rabbits, guinea pigs, hamsters that have been abused and neglected. How do you abuse a hamster? Oh, actually, I don't answer that, I know. We've all heard the urban myth. (laughs) But she does the most amazing work, and they're trying to get themselves registered as a proper charity at the minute. Yes. And we got one of our rabbits from her. He's called Terry, and he's absolutely lovely. And they just do such a fantastic job, and they they do it all on donations and volunteer work. Well, what's the name of the... What are they called? Helicopteries. Helicopteries. They've got a Facebook site. How do we find it? Just type in helicopter. Just, just type in helicopter. Okay. Doesn't um, rabbit? Doesn't rabbit wee? Really, it's really um, caustic, isn't it? It really stings when you when you smell it. Um, not too bad. Oh, it's it, it's acidic. It's it's almost blinding. That stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've had nine rabbits in total and. Oh. We've never had much of a problem. We've with got it. a rabbit. We've got Benji Bunny. He's nice, but he doesn't really do a lot. Aww. Uh, oh, ours do. What do they do? Um, they play with a the football. Oh. They chase each other around the pen. Oh. And at the minute, Terry thinks he's a nymphomaniac. Sorry. Never mind. No. Gosh. There's, a, uh, there's an image. <laughs> well, Harriet, listen, thank you. You've said something. We've got Happy Houghton. There's a great place that looks after vulnerable animals. Rodents and the like. Superb. That's some Happy Houghton. Justin Dealey's in Houghton Regis at the moment. He's going to be there for another 15, 20 minutes. Um, so uh, if you want to go and tell some happy news, then um, then do. Then do. Um, OK, let's have a quick look at the front pages, shall we, of the newspapers. Yes, why not? No. Uh, let's... Well, The Sun, the front page of The Sun is... Um, uh, it's a, a bap. It's a soft roll. Yeah, they've sold the front page of The Sun to, um, to Morrison's. What is this? It's a weird advert. You, let's, let's go in to the real front page, shall we? Uh, Geldof Inquest exclusive. Peaches cops hunt heroin pusher. No drug evidence discovered at home. Hubby Tom found bo- uh, body on spare bed. And Clarkson, sorry for N-word mumble. There's a, there's a plum, isn't it? The Daily Mail. Tears of a Duchess. Camilla weeps for her darling brother. And in the week of teachers' shocking classroom murder, Clegg bid to block knife crackdown. A crackdown to prevent knife-wielding thugs avoiding jail is being opposed by Nick Clegg and senior Lib Dems. In the week, Britain was left stunned by the classroom stabbing of teacher Anne Maguire. The Deputy Prime Minister and senior colleagues flatly refused to support a tightening of the law in private Whitehall talks. 
Okay. At first glance, that sounds outrageous, but uh, I'd like to give that a bit more reading. Uh, and the front page of the Express has got a picture of um, Pippa Middleton's backside. Great work, guys. Apparently the French are saying it's false. How dare they? Um, the Independent. She had spanks on. Why the CPS dropped rape case. I don't know what spanks are. What are, what are spanks? They're massive and very helpful pants. As prosecution rate falls even further, shocking details emerge of why complaints are not followed up. Uh, an alarming fall in the number of rape... Com- uh, OK, well, I don't know, that story needs um, uh, a, a bit more uh, attention than I can give it at the moment. Oh, look, they found some lost Peter Sellers films. I'll have some of that. Thank you, The Guardian. Peter Sellers in a skip. Oh, I'll have some of that. Thank you very much indeed. Also, fraud trials in jeopardy as lawyers rebel. Uh, yeah, David, this is a great story. Alexander Cameron. Who's who's he? He's David Cameron's brother, and he's a QC, uh, has come out and said, you know, the you, you've cut back um, uh, legal, what do they call it with legal funding? What do they legal call aid? it? Legal aid, that's it. Yeah, well, it don't work. You need to bring back some more legal aid. That's David Cameron's brother has come out and said that. A fraud case has collapsed in court because they, the, the defendants weren't getting legal aid. Peter's in Wolverton. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. There will be no peace this weekend, as it's looking like I won't have a mobile phone signal. Oh. No peace, Peter. Fury. Fury! No, no, no. Don't be furious, because my mobile phone is only switched on when I wish to make a phone call. Well, the thing is, normally I wouldn't be bothered, but I'm away all weekend. I'm in Birmingham tonight and then Manchester tomorrow night, uh, and I'm away, and I, I won't be able to phone up my boys. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, I will. I'll be able to go to a payphone, I suppose, actually. When you look at it like that, it's not that bad, but never mind. Peter, what have you got for us? Well, um, it, it's written uh, by somebody of note that the mark of a good society is the care that it gives to the vulnerable, whether they be 90 or nine months and everybody in between. And I was saying that uh, it's a shame... Yeah, forget those six-month-old and those 92-year-olds. Those suckers can (laughs) suffer as much as we want. (laughs) Well, it's always the minority that ruin it for the majority, because I'm sure that the majority of people that work in care homes, volunteers as well, um, they do a wonderful job in caring for the elderly, etc. Whereas the the minority that are greedy, selfish and uncaring ruin it. The reputation, it all goes down the drain, doesn't it, because of that. They should be weeded out, of course. Peter, I'm going to let you go, because your line is breaking up for some reason, but you got your point, of course, uh, 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 across. Yeah, of course it's the minority of people that are abusive in care homes, and it's a tiny minority. We had one caller who disputed that and thought it was a majority of people being abused in care homes. It's not. It's not. It's a really, really tiny minority. But even that minority is is too much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The last fifteen minutes of the show. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 at Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead, a lane is blocked on the exit slip road. Only really affecting traffic heading onto the M1 at the moment, though. Going between Dunstable and Houghton Regis, the A5 heavy going in both directions. Also in Luton at the Kidneywood Roundabout, London Road heavy going as you head towards the motorway. Then on the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414 heavy going as you head towards the centre of town from the A10. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Excellent stuff. 
8.46, Friday the 2nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A care home provider in Luton is proposing installing surveillance cameras in residents' rooms. HC1 runs the Milliner House Home in Marsh Road and also runs a home featured in the BBC Panorama investigation. Firefighters start a fresh wave of strike action at midday in a row with the government over pensions. And in sport, a Wickham Wanderers director says there would be immediate financial implications if they drop out of the Football League tomorrow. Justin Dealey's coming up, Stephen Borenwood is coming up, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Quite a cloudy day today. We should have some breaks this afternoon, which will allow the sun to shine through at times. Um, but it's fairly chilly for this time of year, really. We're only looking at temperatures reaching 12 or 13 degrees Celsius. And there are a few showers around, although they should be quite light and not all of us will see them. A bit of a northeasterly breeze, too. Now, tonight we've got a cold, clear night with a widespread frost. Temperatures down to 3 or 4 degrees Celsius. It's going to feel quite different to recent mild nights we've had. And tomorrow, those sunny spells, a lighter wind. Temperatures still struggling with highs of about 13 degrees Celsius, but those temperatures do improve over the bank holiday weekend. So we're looking at a weekend that's going to be fairly uh, settled, largely dry with some sunny spells, although that sunshine could be fairly hazy at times. But still, a very pleasant bank holiday weekend. That's your latest forecast. On Sunday afternoon, we'll be live in St George's Square, Luton, for the culmination of a very successful season. Ronnie Henry is handed the trophy, he lifts it aloft, and the party has started. We're part of the official celebrations for Luton Town's league win. We'll be with the team as they make their way there. Yes, and the open-top bus has started making its way into the centre of Luton. We're here with the whole squad. And then we'll be hosting a very special stage show. Welcome to St George's Square for the Luton Town Champions Celebration. Reliving some of the greatest moments of the season. Towards on Gray. Gray with a header, and there's the 30 goals. And some of the football at Kenilworth Road. It's just a joy to watch. Luton's title-winning party, Sunday from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Firefighters are going on strike over the weekend. Uh, five hours today, 12 hours tomorrow, five hours Sunday. Uh, Steve's in Borenwood. Morning, Steve. Steve? Hi, Ian. Yes, Steve, what would you like to say? Um, I just actually haven't, I haven't heard you speak about the uh, lazy firemen who have picked their great time until they get a long weekend and they've decided to go on strike to extend it. That just sort of sums up the scumbags that they are, doesn't it? You think, think the fire service is made up of scumbags? Yeah, I think it is in, in a lot of respects. And don't get me wrong, they do a great job, but they moan and whine just like teachers. They've got a job to do. They should get on and do it. They should accept the fact they sit around doing nothing for most of the day. And that's a fact. Um, it's not debatable. It's a total fact. And yes, they do have to be there sitting around doing nothing, but they never admit to it, which is the most annoying thing. But when they, when they do do something, quite often they're putting their lives literally at risk. Yeah, very, very rarely, to be honest. Yes, they do attend fires. Yes, they do uh, other dangerous acts. I'm not getting it wrong. There's a lot of people that do jobs similar. But the 95% of their time, they're at no risk at all. And about 80% of the time, they're doing nothing at all other than in the gym, playing on the uh, on their little playgrounds and uh, all the other things they do, playing snooker, pool, watching telly. What do you do uh, for a living, Steve? Uh, I don't think that's what I've rung up to. No, I know, but it's, uh, I, I do think it's. I do think it's pertinent. What do you do for a living? I, I do actually work for a living. Yeah, and what do you do um, for a living? 
I work for a telecommunication company. Okay, so is, is there 5% of your working life when you're putting your life at risk? Uh, probably more than that, actually. Well, actually putting your life at risk? Yes. How? Uh, a controlled risk, the same as fire. They have their... Uh, how, how are you putting I, your life at risk, Steve, on uh, a par with firemen? Because uh, I climb towers uh, up to sort of 180 right. metres in height, and if I'm not... And are they on fire? Stage, no, they're not on fire. OK. But, I don't, but if, I was, if it was on fire and I had the breathing apparatus and all the other... E- ever saved needed, a baby? Then, uh, no. OK. Uh, and what, you think your job is, is, is as important as, as the fire service? Uh, I think we all have important jobs. No, we jobs don't. We need to, yes, no, we, do. we don't. My, jo- my job's not important, Steve. In the great yes, scheme of things. No, keep, it's not. In the great, a lot sch- of people in the great scheme of things, some has been no, hosting no. a breakfast show in a, in a local radio region. It's not important. What nurses and, do is I, important. What firemen do is important. Yeah, but not most of the time. It's not important, is it? It They're doesn't matter. There. But it doesn't They're matter if it's... Mo- I wish you'd called up an hour ago, Steve. Blimey, where were you? I'm not, I'm not arguing the fact that whether it's important or not. I'm the fact that they're, that they're doing their normal scum thing and extending their long weekend. They didn't pick. They didn't decide to strike on a Wednesday afternoon, did they? They chose to strike on a long bank holiday weekend. Steve, why it didn't you call in? Listen, the next time the fire service go on strike, can you call in about half past seven? I, I certainly will. Because we've, wa- we've wasted this opportunity. We'd have had loads of people calling in. Steve, have a good weekend. Thank you very much indeed. That's right, he called the fire service scum. Yeah, yeah, twice. Oh, I wish he called in half past seven. If you, you, we've got... If you want to call in and talk about that, we could probably squeeze you in. We can definitely squeeze in one call. 08459 455 555. Uh, J-Dog is in Houghton. We're looking for Happy Houghton. What's going on? Oh, Justin? Justin? Nope, we haven't got Justin. Can we rack Justin up ASAP, please? Uh, he seems to have disappeared. We've been look- all week we- for the big tour. We've been in uh, Houghton Regis, and uh, we- we've had some quite negative stories about it. So we've sent Justin there to find out some good stories about it, some happy stories. Oh, Justin, you're there now. Morning, boss. Morning, Justin. I, I-, I think I better be quick um, off the back of that phone call. <laughs> wow. Uh, quite incredible. I wish he'd called in at half yeah. past seven. Never mind. Now, you take as much time as you want, boss. It's okay. yours. Okay, uh, so this week we have been covering Houghton Regis as part of the uh, the big tour. We go to a different town or village every single week in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Normally, Ian, uh, the feedback from people is brilliant. They're always saying to us, where we live is absolutely fantastic. All of this week, all we have heard is negative comments about Houghton Regis. According to some people, uh, the square, which is probably about 50 yards away from where I am right now, to some people people that's a no-go area that's what they've been telling us well um, you've sent me out this morning to try and find out uh, what makes people happy about Houghton Regis it's, um, it's not been a particularly good morning here's what people have had to say well, here's Eileen she has a, a bright pink jacket on bright pink trainers and you've got a staffy look at that chain on the staffy what makes you happy about Houghton Regis well, I've moved down here from London for the last year and I really enjoy work, working down here, living down here. The schools are really good. People are friendly. This is what we want to hear. Yes. Because we've been here all week and all we've heard is bad stories. Oh, no, I really like it. I've moved from London. I spent 20 years in London. been down here two years and really enjoy living down here. I'm so pleased you're saying yeah. that. Yeah. And the staffy, what's his name? This is Sid. Sid? Yes. Sid the staffy. And this is Ruby. Fantastic. Good morning, morning, Ruby. Morning, Ruby. Listen, have a good weekend. Yeah, Take care. Too, Jack, good morning. Uh, I don't think it's barking dogs, but uh, what makes you happy about living here in Houghton Regis? Uh, don't know. I'm not sure, mate. Come on, there's got to be one thing. Um, Keep easy, that dog on a lead. It's easily walkable everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best thing about Houghton Regis. That's all I can think of at the moment. 
I'm on okay. my way to work. So that's fair enough. Listen, have a good weekend, sir. Cheers, you too. Patricia, Houghton Regis, the home of the big tour. What makes you happy about Houghton? Houghton? Nothing. <laughs> Not one thing? No. No. Can you, please. You tell please. me what makes you happy. What makes you happy, sir? Uh, it's all right. Don't particularly make me happy, but it's all right. What's the one thing here which stands out? If you were telling your friends about where you live, you say, oh, I live in Houghton Regis, this is fantastic. Tell me the one thing which is brilliant about Houghton Regis. You tell me. Well, you live here, sir. <laughs> I can't pick one thing out that's brilliant. Well, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's not great. Now, earlier on, we mentioned that uh, we, we were live in Houghton Regis, which we are. Uh, we have the radio car with our 30-foot marsh. You cannot miss us. A lot of people bibbing their horns this morning. Uh, Graham Taylor has turned up to the radio car. What, Graham Taylor? The t- turnip Taylor? No, no, no. Oh. No, he's actually a cool man. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no turnips here. So, uh, Graham, meet Ian. Ian, meet Graham. Hello, Ian. Well, go on, Graham. Um... I, I love Houghton Regis. We've lived here for 27 years. Uh, the kids have grown up here. I particularly like live music, and the pubs cater for that. Um, we've got two dogs. We walk over Houghton Hall Dog Park, and it's really nice. Um, they're trying to get some lottery funding for that. Um, we're a bit short on the social clubs. I'm trying to get St Vincent's reopened, and there's a load of people that want to help me. We've, uh, we've, we've been in Houghton all week, uh, uh, and um, we've just had bad stories about it. Why do you think people are so unhappy with it, if, you, if you're so pleased with living there? I just think people need to wake up and smell the coffee and look at their own lives. It's not the town's fault they're where the way they are, you know? Live every day like it's your last. Well, listen, what a great way What a great way to end the big talk. Justin, excellent stuff. Thank you very much for that. Uh, just a reminder, Justin Diddy will be on tomorrow morning between 9 and 12 with his own show, music show. He plays records and talks. So if you like uh, Justin Dealey's voice and if you like music, I reckon you should probably listen to it. Probably works for you. Uh, Pat's in Houghton. Morning, Pat. Hello, have you been talking to people from Dunstable that don't like Houghton Regis? Maybe, do, you think, do you think that's what it is? Some people have I snuck in. That's right, yeah. What do you think about these uh, these firefighters who, according to our previous caller, are scum? Well, I could return the compliment to him, actually. I mean, he's very self-centred and selfish. And if you've got people like that in our country, no wonder the firefighters are having to come out and strike. But his point was, they're lazy scum, they are striking on a bank holiday to have a long weekend, uh, and for, for 80% of the time, they're just playing in their playground. What an insulting man he is to people that put their lives on the line. What is the matter with his brain? I think he needs educating. Educating? Go on, he's probably listening now, Pat. Yeah, he needs educating into what firefighters do do. Would you go on a motorway and cut people out? You know, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You're a certain kind of person. You have to um, train to do that kind of thing and have to be fit as well. And he's just a, a telecommunications person. What does that tell you, so, coming from someone like that? Well, Pat, he, he, he claims he puts his life at risk by climbing up 180-foot um, masts. Well, perhaps he should put his life at risk. He'd probably know what it's all about then. I, I'm sure he doesn't. That's why he climbs up those masts. Pat, thank you very much indeed. Pat, not, uh, I, wish, I wish that bloke had called at half past seven. That would have been the whole show. Someone calls up and says, firefighters are scum. Oh! Steve! Steve! Steve!
Steve! Steve! Steve! Right, that's it, that's your lot. Um, if you want to call up me, you can't. Tough. Hey, you can call on Monday, because it turns out it's a bank holiday. No one told me, so I've not booked Monday off. Catherine booked Monday off. Kelly Betts did not book Monday off. So it's me and Kelly Betts. Um, I'll be honest, there's not going to be much... Um, what con- do you want to do for it? I'm going to bring some records in. They fixed the needle on the record player. I'll bring some records in. All right, then. Lovely. That's it. Should we have an open door as well? If people want to turn up, they can yes. just turn up and come in. Yes. Yeah, we'll do that. Bank holiday. have some sort of talent, though. Oh, yeah, you got to be talented. Can't have anyone. If you're talented on Bank Holiday Monday and you want to rock up between six and nine, well, why the hell not? Just, you know, please don't touch me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 at Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead, a lane is blocked on the exit slip road, affecting traffic a little that's heading towards the M1. On the speed sensors in Harpenden, the high street looking heavy in both directions around Station Road. Also in Luton, the A6 very heavy towards the centre of town from the Stockingstone Road. Then in Bedford on the speed sensors, the A6 slow going towards the centre of town from the Elstow Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Have a lovely weekend. And that's it, that's your lot. There'll be a podcast up online uh, by lunchtime, probably. It'll be on iTunes maybe this evening or tomorrow morning. Thank you very much. Lots of good calls today. JVS is up next until Bank Holiday Monday, when, yes, I will be in. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, everyone. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think care homes should put CCTV in residents' rooms? The third biggest care home company in the UK is...